oh, don't Socrates me. This democracy's bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. What a weird guy. Just want to cup your balls. Right there in the asshole. I'm gonna sock all of you. When I was high, motherfucker. Sweaty, flopping around. Philosophize this. Don't Socrates me. Hey, dabblers. Hello. Hey. We're back. We have a we have a show today. Yeah, so we're back with the uh, People Time podcast. Hmm. And uh, we're ready for another another great episode. Very exciting. Yeah. I'm very excited. Calm down. Ver- it's it's exciting, but you all right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, it's okay to be excited. Getting Hell all, yeah. Getting all tingly. Well, uh, yeah. Should we just get right into the fun fact of the day? I don't really have a whole lot of. I know no facts. Oh. Well, this one I actually got from you, believe it or not. Doot, 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 doot. Facts fun, of fun. The, facts of the day. <laughs> we did it. I'll shut up. No, that's perfect. Yeah. You uh, sent me a nice little... This was interesting. This is the fun fact. Yeah. Oh, I thought you would enjoy that. It's right up your alley. I figured it was great for people time. We kind of have dick jokes, and this is all about... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say jokes, but it's about it's about dicks, so... It's jokey. Yeah, so it's like, silly. It's a joke. So inside the Montreal Temple, they worship the penis. Yeah, like we do in my house. Yeah. Yeah. What? Are you part of this? Uh, so it's like a religion. Are you part of it? No. Okay. Hmm. Just worship dick. You just do. Well, apparently, so there's a temple that was created in the late 1970s mm-hmm. where uh, a bunch of men got together um, and decided to worship the penis. Um and it's yeah so it's huh. it's based off of a uh, a greek god propius ah and they it's have apropos. yeah um apparently it, so it's a whole religion they have standards and rules you have to follow um and and if you want to get in you actually have to get screened because they like, want to make sure for their safety and and also that you're there for spiritual reasons, not just sexual reasons. I guess that's a big... <laughs> that's a big problem they're having. <laughs> I guess that's... The, the temple of the dick, they're running into some problems with perverts. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> now, in today's day, I mean, you know, in 2000s, we're in 2019, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might seem a bit even chauvinistic, I don't know. But mm. they do have a prayer that I wanted to share because I thought it was kind of silly. Already? says, here's what they pray in their worship. I believe in you, beautiful phallus, in your strength and your power, in your ability to bring ecstasy when being sucked, licked, suckled, or masturbated all together. It's important that this is a spiritual thing and not a sexual thing. (laughs) You offer me stiffness, beauty, the energy, and your immaculate cum. They literally says cum in their prayer. (laughs) It's not even ejaculation. They just use the slang term. Oh, and it's not regular cum either. No, it's spiritual Ooh, juice. Immaculate juice. I mean, like, is it that much different than, you know, Catholics? Let's be honest. I guess that's true, yeah. They're eating Jesus. It's the same as suckling him. Yeah. I did like this part of their prayer, which I thought was kind of, uh, you know, it's nice. I believe in the equality of all cocks. Uh, and yes, they say the word cocks. No. Hmm. Black or white, large or small. <laughs> Without discrimination. Well, that's just heartwarming. Yeah. <laughs> so, they apparently have some hymns and some other like poems and, and prayers. So they, I'm assuming they 
you know, prostrate to a giant dick somewhere in this facility? They do. So they have a, you can actually see a picture of it if you go online and look this up. But there is a large, mm, I would say copperish or golden, gold copper looking penis in the basement of their temple. That's, I want to go. It's not, it's not huge. Remember, remember, it's not about size, right? They don't care about size, but it's fairly large as far as. That's sort of contradictory. I mean, it's. Not nice to people like me. Yeah. Yeah. It's big. It's it's definitely bigger than a, a human's normal sized. <laughs> well, I guess that yeah, a god's penis is gonna be yeah a little bit more exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Do they all suckle on it? Well, I, I thought that was weird in their prayers. They say sucked or suckled, and it's like, what's the? Uh, is there a difference? I don't know. You gotta find. Know. You gotta go to the temple and find out. Yeah. I will do that. I mean, I would go to a temple that w- that worships pussy. <laughs> yeah. You might not be allowed in. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if they only allow men. It seemed like so far, it's what I saw here, is it's just... Uh, I'm the pervert that I wouldn't let in. Yeah. But it's nice. Apparently, they do uh, nice things. They outreach to uh, young gay men to, you know... Hey, that's cool. Yeah, help out. The gay youth need some outreach and some cock. Yeah, and you can pray about it and Who worship do- it. Yeah, who doesn't? Pray, yeah, I pray to the cock every day. Yeah. Different cock, but... Oh. Yeah. Is that what you call God? <laughs> yeah, the big cock in the sky. No, okay. Yeah. You fucking cock. Yeah. Why do you gotta be like that? That's why I just look in the sky in my backyard and say that. And your neighbors just look over at you like, what is he doing again this oh, he's time? he's out of here again. That's great. He still hasn't mowed his lawn. <laughs> just yelling. You cocksucker! <laughs> or what? Oh, fuck. Wait, wait, wait. Who is our people time today? Uh, Socrates Johnson. Ah, Socrates. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about Socrates. There's trouble afoot at the Circle K. Yeah, I was going to say, that. that's one of the very few things I know about Socrates. Really? So, <laughs> uh, so I know, whenever I hear Socrates, immediately I think most people go, okay, so Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. Like, you kind of just group those three together. Yep. Um, Greek, and uh, yeah, the reference from Bill and Ted's great. Excellent Adventure. What a great American film. Yeah. Yeah. And he, they call him Socrates through the entire film. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, he keeps pointing himself, Socrates. And they go, all right, so- Socrates. Yeah. You got it. Let's go. Come on, Socrates. Come on. So- it, that is a fun movie. He hangs out with Billy the Kid and... Uh, Billy the Kid. Goes ice skating. And uh, what's his name? Um, the short dead dude. Uh, oh, Napoleon. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what they say in the... Um, uh, who are you today, by the way? What's your name? Uh, my name is... Uh, Janice from Friends was nice and pleasant and hot and thoughtful, and all the other friends need to shut the fuck up about wow. it. Wow. I think you have an unpopular opinion. Everybody needs to shut up about it. So wait, is your name that whole entire thing, or are you just Janice from Friends? No, that's my whole, that's my whole birth name. Oh, nice. Yeah, Janice from Friends was... Hot and nice and thoughtful, and yeah. I know friends need to shut the fuck up about it. That's a long name. Yeah, my parents were odd. Yeah. They were really in... Remember in the 90s when there were cults that worshipped friends? Yeah, the they th- still do. The Thursday night... Yeah, yeah. The, my my parents were into that, and they, that That's was their opinion. Mm, yeah. Nice. I mean, my middle name is Monica as a fastidious bitch, and Chandler should have been with Janice, huh. even though... Janice was married, but they probably would have figured it out. <laughs> That's my middle name. 
That's a pretty long middle name. Man, your yeah. parents. How did they have enough room to fit that all in the fucking paper? Oh, man. Public school was rough. <laughs> yeah, you had to fill those little bubble sheets and they only goes, they it only, only goes have so, so many. And you're like, yeah. ah, shit. Fuck. My middle name is uh, Ross and Rachel were on a break. Yeah. Were is all capitalized. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, by the way. They were on a break. Right. They were on a break. Look, it's not stellar that he slept with another lady that quick, but he had total right to. I, I, asked, I asked my wife, I was like, were they on a break? Mm-hmm. And she went, ah, yeah. So she agrees too, even. So you you could fuck the lady from, Zer- from what was it, the, the copy place if you guys took a break. Yeah. Hopefully that's, that doesn't happen, but I guess, yeah. Well, no, Ross didn't want that to happen, but he got laid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm Deckard Kane. Deckard Kane. Yeah, stay a while and listen. I don't know that reference. That's all right. It's uh, <laughs> it's for other people. Yeah, well, I'm I do say, that to you all the time, though. It's true, and I <laughs> I just try to play along. Like, oh, sure, mm, that's okay. funny, buddy. I'm not dumb. I get it. <laughs> I'm dumb. I'm the one. Who, yeah. I've, yeah, most of my names are now becoming references of things that I enjoy. No, yeah, no one's going to... You have to go Google it, and it's going to be mysterious in its own... Like, it seems just so hey, that's fitting fun. overall. Anyways, so yeah, good luck. Deckard Kane. Well, yeah. I'll have some listeners know Deckard? That. Yeah, Deckard Kane. The yeah. Well, thanks for listening to our rambling. Yeah. Um, Janice, who is beautiful, and I'm not going to say your whole name. It's too long. I never said beautiful. It's not my name. She is quite attractive. Hot. Hot. Yeah, isn't that? My parents were not discerning with words. They're just like, she's hot. <laughs> I'm just going to call you Janice for short. That's fair. Seems fit. That's yeah. what most people do. Cool. Yeah, most people, Janice or Jan or Monica's a bitch. It's just my, my middle name summed up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are doing Socrates, which is fun because normally th- this is, this is 2,500 years before the normal period that we... Yeah, so far, with. I think every single person we've done has been 1800s and up. Yeah, something 1850 maybe and up until... Yeah. Yeah, a few years ago. Yeah. Whoever, Stan Lee, I think. So when was Socrates... Uh, when was he alive? When was he born? He was born 470 B.C. 470 before Well, BC. yeah. And you'll see BC, which is before Christ, or you'll see uh, BCE, which is before the current common era, era. Which, oh, yeah. or common era, yeah. Which I don't uh, know why they change. It's the same. It's yeah. the same numbers. I think scientists were just like, well, let's quit using religion in our references to different which time frames. I, I respect, but at the same time, whether or not Jesus was a living guy, his dynamic kind of changed the Western world, and we've been living with these numbers. Yeah. So who gives a shit? Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. Like. I, I honestly like the ADCE thing I get. ADCD? CE, like, oh, like C-E. Cur- so common era is CE, like what we're living in now. Yeah. But it used to be AD, which was Latin for Anu Domini, so like the year of our Lord. So I get if you're a scientist, you don't want to be studying in the year of our Lord, but. Yeah. Whatever, guys. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe let some shit go. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, what I think. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Was he born in Greece? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So he was born in, um, it's Alopique, I think is how it's pronounced. It's like a little city right off of, of uh, Athens. Oh, okay. Is that city still around or was that just during that time frame it was? It's around. I don't think that it's like an official anything. It's just like an area cool. of Athens now. Athens. 
Um, but I, we are we are titling this episode "The Gadfly." Ooh, why a, so? What's a the... love story? Oh, <laughs> I'm intrigued. Yeah, I just thought I'd have some fun with that. <laughs> well, I was gonna say real quick the um, the references to Socrates are tough because he never wrote anything down, right? Which there's conflicting reasons for that. He has said uh, it is said that he said that he didn't like the written word because it was like talking to a statue or learning from a statue. Whatever. He was dyslexic and he just didn't want to admit it. Maybe the fucking guy couldn't write. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's sort of like uh, you know, like with Jesus, there was some talk about whether or not he lived, he even was, existed. Yeah, um, but people don't really are. They don't. Uh, legitimate historians don't debate on that anymore. Everyone's like, yeah, he was a guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there's reasons for that. Um, it does seem weird that, you know, if uh, Plato and... It was Plato who wrote a lot about him, wasn't it? Yeah, he wrote the most about him. Yeah, Plato was just like, had an imaginary friend that he made up. He's like, well, here's a teaching of someone else I'm not going to take credit for. Yeah, that's kind of the weird conflict is that... So Plato wrote a lot about him, and Plato wrote dialogues. So they're like little plays. And Socrates is usually the main character in the play, and he's talking to other people. And so the thought was, if Socrates is a real guy, was Plato replicating his memories of a real guy, or is he using the memory of a real guy to sell his own philosophy? Which would be strange, because if I was going to sell a philosophy, I would want want the credits. Yeah, Yeah, you want your name attached to it. Plato is the main character. (laughs) By Plato. So he walks in, right? He's got a huge dick. Giant. Just and everybody in the room, men, uh, women, everyone's like, I want to ask him some philosophical questions. Ooh, and then he can fuck me later, cause yeah. So then Plato proceeds to fuck everybody while saying, "You know that the soul is uh, a manifestation of whatever, and you should and, and think about stuff before saying it." Yeah, you guys should think before you talk, bitch. And everyone's like, "Whoa!" Everyone loses their goddamn minds. They throw Plato a party. They build <laughs> statues for him. It was a really great day. So none of this happened. Instead, we presume that Socrates is real. Yeah, what, what they think now is, so if you read all Plato's literature, you can see a difference in the tone. Mm-hmm. And so they consider him, he has a first, a middle, and a later period. Okay. In the earliest period, Socrates is like the main guy. There's a very specific tone, a very specific philosophy. Yeah. And then a middle... That is a little bit more metaphysical, and then his later periods, Socrates doesn't isn't so much in his dialogues, and it's a lot more metaphysical. So they think the earlier stuff is Plato's attempt to make an actual homage of Socrates. That's what they think now. Oh, the middle period is some whatever dick off literary, and then the later period is Plato's actual philosophy. That's cool. That's what okay. they think. Uh, the other reason that they don't dispute that he's a real guy is. The, uh, the other source for him is a guy named Xenophon. And Xenophon was a war general and historian who claimed to have known Socrates briefly. Hmm. But he wrote histories about a lot of people, and he wrote a lot of histories about Socrates, and none of the other people he wrote about are fictional. So they're like, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Okay. Sure. Xenophon? Uh, Xenophon. Xenophon. Stupid it's a, name. It's a crazy weird name. Yeah, and it starts, I mean, with, it starts with an X. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, granted, it's not, you know... 20 words long, Janice. What are you trying to say? Nothing. I was just saying, I was just saying your name randomly to, because I'm, I'm addressing you. Right. And Th- I was, thank you. What was it? Peter? Ah, <sighs> Deckard. Deckard. Peter was last time. Yeah. 
Um, my name has a really beautiful ring to it. It's poetic. Uh, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. It's fine. It's fine. Um, there is one other source that indicates that Socrates was alive, which was a playwright named Aristophanes, hmm. a distant relative of Gwen Stefani's. Right. And um, so he was actually a, a, a contemporary of Socrates, like pretty much the same age. Hold on. Before we get too far into it, was this Gwen Stefani's, was he like in a group and it was pretty good and popular and then he was like, I'm going to go do my own playwriting on my own and it sucked? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> he was in a group of playwrights, yeah. and he was having sex with the bassist, uh-huh. and then it, that didn't go so well. Right. So, he, yeah, he made his the own. The bassist and of then, the playwright. Of the playwrights. <laughs> and then he went and had sex with the singer of the Bush playwrights, oh. and then married him. Which was a mistake on the Bush playwrights. You think so? I don't know. I would fuck both of them. Greek style. But the playwrights on Gwen Stefani's playwrights yeah. after the math was just not so great. I don't know. Yeah, not eh. I like that banana song. That's a that's an Aristophani song, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so wait, do we Democracy's bananas. B A N A N A S. Yeah, see that's some uh that's some poetry right there, God, folks. He's a really great poet. Well <laughs> uh yeah, Aristophanes was alive at the same time as Socrates. He wrote plays uh, that were quote-unquote comedies. The comedy doesn't 100% translate. Some of it's actually pretty funny. Is stuff. it? Um, I'll talk about that as it comes up. But he wrote a play entirely about Socrates. Oh, shit. And like Xenophon, he did not write about fictional people. He made fun of people in town. Which is pretty cool. Which is great. So he's my kind of guy. Yeah, he would just pick somebody in town who was uh, well-known and then write a play about how dumb they are. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, he has a whole play about Socrates, so they're like, well, if he was the subject of a play, he's probably a real fucking guy walking around at one point. Okay, well, that's cool. Now, uh, I'm not smart, so I thought in an attempt to cobble together a person, I was just going to read like all of Plato's stuff and like be like, this is probably what he was like. Yeah. But there's a writer named uh, Bentley Hughes, who's a Greek historian. So she's like an expert on ancient Greece. And she just read all of the other sources and put together what Socrates would have been doing and what we know he did do. That's cool. And so she did all the hard work for me, and I'm just going to read what she wrote. <laughs> I'm going to say it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> but in a cool, funny way. She actually is pretty, she's kind of funny. Yeah? Know? Yeah, she has a book called The Hemlock Cup, and uh, she's, yeah, she's funny. She's kind of cheeky. I like cheeky. But Socrates is very cheeky, so that, that translates. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, did she, do we know much about his early childhood or childhood at all? We have very solid speculation. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we do know he was born in 470 BC, BC. before Christ. To, uh, and there, there's going to be a lot of pronunciation issues. That's okay. I googled how to pronounce a lot of them, but I don't know what it is with Greece and vowels. It's odd. So yeah. he was born to Somphriscus, Somphriniscus hmm. is his dad, and Phene Renate is his mom, um, and they are in the city of uh, Alopeque, right. which is about like like a 30-minute walk away from Athens. Walk? That's not bad. Yeah. So right, right next to the main city. I mean, it's like from me to the gas station I go to. Yeah. It's like a 30-minute walk. So did his parents, are they? do we know much about them other than that they were his parents? Did they do anything? 
His dad was a stonemason that is suspected to have helped uh, craft a lot of, you know, when you think of ancient Greece, the statues of the big guys with the dicks. Oh, really? He did that? He was he did, part of that some? in okay. some way. Yeah. That's cool. So he was a stonemason. His mom was a midwife, which is fun because later on, Socrates calls himself the midwife of wisdom. Oh. Yeah, he got that. That's ta- cheeky. He got that tattooed on him. <laughs> <laughs> Tramp stamp. Or he would have. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. With the butterfly around it. Yeah. Makes it seem more There's, inspirational. This story does involve a good amount of uh, homosexual fun. Oh, good. Yeah. Greek. Gay. Yeah. Yeah. Different, I guess. So, uh, I just looked it up. Socrates stands for um, safe and powerful. That's what his parents named him. Yeah. They're safe and powerful. So, so in Greek means safe and kratos means powerful. So... He's very safe and powerful, I guess. Cool. But I, I don't know. They had really high hopes for him, I guess, if you're going to name your son something like that. Oh, yeah. But where he lived was actually like on a bit of a hillside where from his house you could you could oversee the big prominent part of Athens. It's like the Parthenon and, and all that fun Parthenon. Shit. What's the Parthenon? That's like the big marble palace. I think it had a statue of Athena in it. Oh, cool. Yeah. And the Acropolis, which was like where they did their uh, courts and shit like that. Yeah. For their democracy. Right, right. Well, he is repeatedly referred to as ugly. Like, like not your typical ugly. Like, Like fucking ugly. Fugly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's a guy that we'll come back to later named Alcibiades, who uh, said that he looks like a satyr. What's a satyr? It's like those little um, goat people from, from old Greek mythology. <laughs> yeah. That's what he calls them. Well, he said that he looks like a satyr because he, his face looks like a satyr, but then he also walked in a weird way. Oh, boy. And satyrs have hooves, so I guess that's a joke. So some guy's just making fun of him. He's like, you're an ugly fuck. <laughs> um, Plato said he had huge nostrils and a, he said upturned nose, but nowadays we say like a pug nose. Oh, okay. He had a pug nose. Uh, Aristophanes said he walked like a waterfowl and said that he rolled his eye. He had a habit of rolling his eyes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> He's a very sassy, ugly man. <laughs> and he apparently had Whatever. Huge, whatever, guys. <laughs> he had huge protruding eyes. So I don't know if you could piece all of those that's poor bastard. <laughs> together. I, if you Google him, there are some obviously artistic looks he's handsome and right and broad there's some where they're a little bit more ugly but none of them really hit on how ugly he's described yeah. <laughs> i don't know how much an exaggeration it is but i know that in greece uh ancient greece like physical beauty was very very important to them so maybe he was just a regular looking guy in that <laughs> Poor hated him. <laughs> Poor that. bastard looks like me, and they're all. I mean, I'm not that. Yeah, I'm probably yeah. actually ugly even for normal, but still. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they consider beautiful because they. Yeah. I don't know, man. They got some. They got some boy love. Have you seen some stuff. of those sculptors, uh, sculptures though? Like tiny wieners, though. Yeah, right. I, I heard somewhere that that's supposed to, like in their culture is supposed to be a good thing. Yeah, like a little dick is a sign of. It's cute. Yeah, it's a cute little. Cute little wiener. <laughs> I just want to flick it between my fingers. Oh, I just want to hold it. It's like a you know, like how people get the little tiny water bottles. I'm like it's a little cute water bottle. I'm like <laughs> it's a water bottle. I just want to cup your balls. Ah, yeah, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, kind of disturbing to me. 
considering their boy love thing. Yeah. Which different different times, different culture, different everything. Yeah, it's really difficult to put together what because at least was going on over there. It leads to a dark path because it's one of those things where like, is it okay? I mean, at the time, it seemed like... Well, what I hate is you will read people from that time talk about how it's okay to love a boy because boys are capable of love if you show them. Boy, oh boy. And Not... that's what pedophiles say now. Yeah. Like... No, they're capable of love. You just have to show them and groom them to enjoy yeah. it. Like, ugh. Well, from what I remember, remember learning about ancient Rome and ancient Greece was the idea, and this is this is only from what I've heard. I don't know how well this is backed up, but the yeah, idea is we, that... We're not specialists. Yeah, if you, were, if you were wanting to learn a trade from somebody, you would send your son to go learn the trade, right. and their apprentice, it was a relationship thing. Like It was like, I'm going to show you how to do this stuff, yeah. and I'm going to fuck you in my bed. And that's all normal, and the, the child assumed that this is normal, and there were they'd go learn the trade, they'd get fucked, they'd get to a certain age where they're no longer getting fucked, and they're now doing the trade, and then it just continues And then on. you fuck a kid. It's a beautiful cycle. Yeah. It has a really solid logic to it, where you're like, oh, I want to fuck a kid later. Yeah. So I'm going to let a guy fuck me. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. kind of... Um, it's... Yeah. It's unsavory. It, it's not a fun topic. From our context, yeah. <laughs> Today's day and age, that doesn't roll. But, yeah, Sock had... I'm gonna, I call him Sock. Oh, that's cute. We're, we're buds now. Sock had uh, one of those relationships, uh, as far as anybody can tell. Oh, okay. So we'll talk about that. As the child or as the... Um, well, it's presumed he had one as a child, but we don't know who the mentor was. But later in his life, we know that he was the mentor to a, b- a boy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll come to that, I guess. Yeah. Um, another thing about his physical uh, presence, he was reportedly always barefoot. Didn't wear shoes. Okay, so always, is that weird? Yeah, they did, They had shoes. Well, He did not. But, but he was the only one that just didn't have shoes? He didn't care? Enough that it was brought up a lot. Oh, okay. Enough that, like, in the dialogues, they would sort of, like, his students would, like, I shouldn't say students, but his friends would, like, poke fun at him, like, oh. Get some shoes, poor some, kid. Yeah. You, you fuck like poor just kid. throw cabbage at him. Like, Get the fuck out. Yeah. Well, he didn't wear shoes, and he wore the same uh, light gray cloak all the time. So people would talk about how he was dirty, he smelled, looked ugly. <laughs> Un- unkempt, no shoes. How did this guy get any kind of following? <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know. He must have been super smart. That, that's why I'm intrigued that he's a people time topic because so much of this is a riddle where you're like, he could be, we could still be talking about him 2,500 years later because of X, could be Y, could right. be a combination, could be fake. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, he was also reportedly uh, had a high tolerance for everything. Like he was impervious to the cold, to the heat. He could drink nonstop and stay apparently somewhat sober. He could eat forever. He could fuck forever. Oh. Yeah, he was just one of those guys. And whoever he's fucking was just like, plug my nose, close my eyes. (laughs) He's not going (laughs) to stop. Well, he was apparently an odd child, odd enough that his father made the trek to the Oracle of Delphi or Delphi. Hmm. Did you see the movie 300? Yeah. So at one point, uh, what's his name? Gerard Butler goes over there and some, <laughs> some the lady's flying through the sky. Right. 
with um, the oracle and so that's the oracle yeah. which actually plays in the story later as well but his dad actually made the trek over there which was several miles from athens to ask what to do about his weirdo son really that's what he did because i guess growing up he was weird still like he does weird stuff i don't know it's he just never stops talking he keeps like putting his butt in mud and makes these weird sculptures and we're doing actual sculptures like look at this sculpture yeah he's like dad i'm doing what you do i'm like no you're you're not. weird i gotta go talk to the oracle oh, all right guys hang on i gotta go figure this out well apparently the oracle said to not constrain or divert his motivations just let oh. just let him be that's what the oracle said sounds like it was obviously some just let him be good advice i guess I don't know. Well, do you, we know about him still today. So. You ask like a child psychologist, like, what's wrong with my kid? And they're like, no, they just let him be. And he's just smearing shit all over the walls. <laughs> and like, oh, all right. Well, okay. Oracle said, I guess. What for... else am I supposed to do? The Oracle said <laughs> it. Yeah. And she swims in the air and shit. If you saw 300. That was a weird scene. Yeah. But yeah, that plays into uh, the story later. The Oracle comes back. Damn. But I, I like to see Sock as one of those kids that, you know, why is this? Why is that, Dad? What's this about? Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think other kids you can smack or get them to stop. I don't think Sock stopped. Yeah. He never stopped asking questions. <laughs> Fucking ever. So uh, the Greeks are super into physical fitness and physical beauty, so they're all very athletic, or at least maybe just by comparison to us. I mean, we're... Yeah. We're very out of shape. But we do know that, uh, again, like from 300, if you were born not physically great, they put you in the garbage. Yeah. So Sock just barely passed that mark. Lucky. Um, He was, he's raised around like what, so when you think of like golden age Athens, when people talk about that, like the height of ancient Greece. Yeah. His life is that. His life is in the exact same spot as that. Huh. It's pretty neat. So he was born... Uh, like I said, 470. In 508, if we go back a little bit, okay, a guy named Christothenes, or Cleisthenes, sorry, was uh, fighting the Spartans, and they were fighting the Persians. That's just a constant thing right. over there. Well, they eventually kick out all the Spartans. The Spartans had like an oligarchy running uh, Athens. Well, they throw them out, and they kill their king, and they're like, who's king now? And Cleisthenes is the first guy reportedly in history that we know of that was like, what if we just, what if we just vote for stuff? Why don't we just do whatever we... Why, why don't we just all agree or, you know, at least try to figure it out ourselves? Let's just all decide on shit. Majority wins? I don't know. And everybody was like, I don't, I mean, I, I guess, I don't really understand what you're talking about. So you're in charge? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah. And we're all just going to vote on stuff. Like, Okay, well, if you want, you're the king, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, democracy is brand spanking new. Yeah. Um, and this still blows my mind because, like, in we live in a democracy-esque. It's really more of a republic. Right. But I don't get to choose what happens. No. Ever. Me either. Now, in Athens, it, uh, there's a lot less people. There's still a few thousand. But all the men... All men over 18, would they would meet up every day, and they have bigger meetings every week. And they would legitimately, all of them vote, like, okay, are we going to go to war here? We don't want to do that? Okay, we're not going to war here. Uh, we need to allow this guy to grow crops here. Everybody's so, cool with that? We all do that? Votes are a one-to-one ratio. Like, you, everybody yeah. votes, and then whatever their, the outcome is. And that's it. Everybody gets a say. Well, they had a cool thing where, what's it called? There's like a weird, it's in my notes, maybe it comes later, but there's like a machine that you put a disc in 
and it's just random. I think it's like a Planko board, honestly, on the inside. And it's just huh. blah, 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 blah. And it, the disc lands at the bottom, and there's several slots, and the slot will say, dismiss for the day. If you put your disc in, it says dismiss. You just go home. Huh. You put your disc in, blah, 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 and it falls. It says, judge, you're a judge over a case now. Or it falls down, <laughs> da, 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 da. But bla- bailiff, you're a bailiff in a case now. What happens if everybody gets dismissed for a day, or is it taken up the spot? <laughs> I, maybe you get back to the back of the line, I guess, if you want to keep. That'd be hilarious. Because you get paid to go to court and work. Oh, okay. You're not required to go there. Um, but if you feel like going, it's like those, you know, retired people and people on disability who go to jury duty now. Oh. That's the kind of people who are running their <laughs> democracy. Because <laughs> if you have hobbies and shit at a job, you don't go to the court. You got to yeah. be busy. Yeah. <laughs> but they, yeah, whenever they would vote for stuff, like, are we going to war? They all had a stone and they changed it. Sometimes it's like a white and a black stone. And later it's a stone that either has a divot in it or a stone that has like a lump on it. Mm-hmm. And they, they would say, okay, so everybody who wants to go to war, put the stone with the divot in this basket. No war, the stone with the lump in this basket. And they just, blah, they just vote. Oh, okay. So all this shit is, is like brand new. And there's a guy named uh, Pericles who, Pericles is a pretty famous, he's sort of like the chief Democrat who everybody, uh, I think every year, a few months they would vote for who was going to preside over like what we should talk about today and pericles was voted into that and remained that guy his entire life he must have been pretty impressive oh shit so he just won every three months over and over and over until well they killed him later but they did? Yeah, we'll bring that up <laughs> so pericles is attributed with being like the dude like he oversaw what we think now as classical greece like all the fucking statues all the statues, the gods and people and heroes and um, the, the Acropolis and all this So he's shit. the one who brought the topics to say this is what we're going to discuss and what you guys will vote on. So if you want statues yeah. and... Well, he was the one who... So he would say, uh, so we're the greatest city-state of all time, uh, obviously because it's us. And the whole crowd would be like, yeah, fuck yeah! You know? Yeah. And they'd say, so let's go start a little war with this little city-state, take their natural resources, take them as slaves, and then we'll use that money... To build statues, and everyone's like, that's a great idea. Perfect. Vote yes. Vote, and they all voted yes all the time. And they were like, America, but Greece. More or less. Hmm. Yeah. The Athenians, uh, they just fucked whoever they felt like. Yeah. It sort of feels like that's just what democracy does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were they pretty strong as like far as, like the, I don't know, like with their military stances? It sounds like yeah. they were able to go and just take over places. I think... Because I don't know what the rest of the world was doing. I mean, I think Egypt was a thing, and there, you know, Persia. But yeah, I mean, other. Uh, so yeah, other than Sparta, I mean, those two were just like the powerhouses of the area, maybe of the whole fucking world at the time. I don't know. Yeah, they had some pretty impressive stuff, at least for the time. Yeah, I think me with one regular gun could probably do a decent amount of work over there. But probably, I well, imagine. not me, but. <laughs> Somebody with like training or something. Yeah, Stallone maybe. <laughs> Stallone. Well, they are like at constant war uh, for a long time. It takes them a long time, but they eventually again three hundred. If you remember uh, Xerxes, was right, the Persian king. So oh, Xerxes, oh scissor me Xerxes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you got a South Park reference in there. I'm That's sorry. all right. All right. Um, <laughs> So in 300, they lose, and Xerxes walks into Greece and takes over a bunch of shit. Well, uh, eight years before uh, Socrates was born is when they were finally able to push Xerxes out and reclaim their own shit. Yeah. And they just build on top of uh, whatever the Persians were setting up. That's nice. 
Um, so Athens decides, again, under Pericles, like, this, uh, I'm tired of, like, foreign invaders. So they actually wall in Athens. It has a huge wall all the way around it. Really? Is it still there? Uh, remnants of it. Yeah. That's cool. Specifically, so, like, the city's walled in, and then there's a wall that leads down to their dock so they can get their ships in and out. Yeah. I think a big portion of that wall is still around. That's cool. Yeah. And, yeah, that was... Probably not the greatest idea, but it's also cool. It helps against sieges. Yeah. I kind of wish we could wall our country in from foreign invaders. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like the uh, the south. Yeah. If we could wall off that. So. Yeah, why don't we just wall off, well, this just Georgia right now, who I'm at at. I say the whole Bible Belt. Let's just wall that off and just forget that it happened. <laughs> You guys aren't even. They wanted to be their own thing, anyways. You guys can be your own thing. Just... Can we do that? We'd be like, remember when you guys wanted to secede? That's fine now. Just go away. Yeah. It's fine now. You guys do whatever. You... We're gonna take all the cool people, and all the women up here. You guys can have Florida. Can that's fine. Butt fuck each other, with your Bibles forever. <laughs> and your sisters and brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Once your sister gets a certain age, they'll bring her back, send her up. <laughs> We're gonna have a much better life up here. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, so when, by the time he's, when he's like 19 is when uh, democracy really starts taking off and like the Athenian people kind of come around like, this is working. We yeah. Can, we can do shit. So Young Sock is a big part of that. Well, he's an intellectually minded kid and there are other semi-famous philosophers around at the time. If you are of the type of person to be interested, you can look them up. There's like Pythagoras. All right. Well, Pythagoras was a uh, mathematician, right? Yeah, he's both. Oh, cool. He, he has a whole mathematical interpretation for the cosmos and some other philosophies about the soul. That's badass. He was around the same time as... Uh... He's a little older. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little older, so he has like his whole cult. I don't remember what they're called. The Pythagoreans. Yeah. They were around. Uh, there's a guy named Anaxagoras, who was Socrates' favorite philosopher growing up. If there were trading cards, Socrates would frame his Anaxagoras. Anaxagoras. Yeah. Anaxagoras, interestingly, um, had this weird thought. He thought the moon was just a rock in the sky and that the sun was a burning stone. Hmm. And they killed him for that. They killed him for that? They did. Well, I don't think they, I think they exiled him and he died later from that. That's pretty weird. That's Um, where Kelly works too. Who? Kelly. She works in the Anaxagoras. I don't know what that. Kelly works in the Annex. Oh, that's <laughs> <I was> like... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the Annex Agoras. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's also a guy named Empedocles. I don't know much about him. I've heard his name before. But there's also a guy named Democritus. Uh, and Democritus, I just wanted to mention, had this also interesting theory. His name is Democritus? And he's not the guy who came up with democracy? No. Democracy, it, so... They really fucked that up. Yeah. He should have been the guy. He should be like, I got this idea, guys. Well, democracy means free city or free people. Okay. So I think democracy just meant free man. So he was probably born when democracy was like an idea, and he's like, and his parents were like, so cool. You're going to be. It's like naming your kid America. <laughs> Which, <laughs> You're America. I'm surprised nobody does that. Holy shit, yeah. How's there not a kid in Alabama who's, yep, my name is America. My name is America. Yeah. What's your middle name? Kevin. My middle name is Chevrolet. <laughs> America. Chevrolet, Ford, Daughtry, Mountain Dew, Ford. <laughs> Daughtry. <laughs> well, Democritus 
had an, also an interesting idea that uh, all matter, well, sorry, all things are made of the same material <gasps> that what? is too small for you to see with your eye and is indivisible. He fucking knew that? I don't know how he logic that. There's a lot of guys back then who had different, you know, there was guys who was like, well, everything's made out of fire. Everything's made of some version of water and fire. Everything is God. Everything is ghosts. Yeah. And he just maybe happened to be the guy who randomly was right, or maybe he was some kind of secret genius who reasoned his way to it. But shit, that's that's real. That was Democritus. Yeah, nice. And so, because of democracy and general uh, prosperity, Socrates is living in a world where there's just dudes walking around talking about atoms and the sun and. Pythagoras has got some weird shit, so there's just a lot of thoughts going around for a weird, smart kid. Yeah. Um, well, according to Plato, Socrates actually sought out Anaxagoras because he... Socrates had this theory when he was younger that everything was a version of your mind, like the world was like a creation of your mind, which is a weird thought to have. Yeah. And I couldn't put my finger on exactly what they were trying to say, but he thought... His theory was that the mind was the structure of everything in the universe. And he had read something in an Anaxagoras book that uh, stipulated that. He talked to Anaxagoras, and Anaxagoras was like, oh, no, that that's stupid. That was a metaphor I was using about <laughs> stellar motions. He's like, you're wrong. That's not what I was saying. Yeah. And he's so, like, I've been working this out for years, man. Son of a bitch. And this so sounds Socrates like... was pissed, and he's like, well... I don't need heroes anymore. I'm going to be my own guy. I'm well, be my own go. philosopher. Yeah. They were probably high when they were having that conversation anyways. Dude, <laughs> the universe is really just like the structure of your mind, man. Uh, and he's like, don't use that. I said that when I was high, motherfucker. Dude, I was so blasted when I wrote that. I didn't even think they published that. You've been working on that for years? <laughs> I was high. You're a... You're as dumb as you fucking look, you weird-faced, <laughs> pug-faced motherfucker. And he's like, I'm not taking this. I'm going to go be my own philosopher. I don't need this from you. Anaxagoras. And he just runs away screaming and shits his pants. <laughs> and then doesn't, Daddy! doesn't shower or anything afterwards. It's just... Takes his shoes off. Yeah. Well, they're um, the closest little district of Athens to where Socrates grew up is like the red light district of the area. <laughs> okay. And that's where he hung out. That's where... Young Socrates hung out like whorehouses, bathhouses, bars. Oh, so he'd go into the red light district area and be like, hey, ladies. And they'd be like, oh, don't Socrates me. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, you ladies. Well, uh, it's Socrates, so it was it was the male boys, but yeah. Oh, yeah. They would tease. Don't Socrates me. He's like, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> suck on my feet. Like, so they oh had my a. God. They had a. So gross. <laughs> That's gonna uh, be two ovals. Uh, Not the one per usual fuck. So they had a horror area whorehouses bars yeah and that's actually where he hung out he of course he liked that kind of people well especially if no one else wants to be around him you can at least pay for friends and sex i guess it could be yeah i mean hmm. seems kind of like that guy you know at the bar who's had several shots he just starts philosophizing <laughs> i just came from the whorehouses and i don't know man you know i think maybe we're all just god's thoughts <laughs> <laughs> okay man <laughs> He just took that outside. <laughs> well, the Greeks also all hung out in gymnasiums, which we still use that word, but back then they were fucking everywhere. Hmm. It's just like practice grounds. Like The Greeks were psyched about physical fitness and being ready for war. So any time of day, you can go to the gymnasium, lift weights, run around. Isn't that where the Olympics came from, fight a guy. essentially? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was just like preparing for war, and then they turned it into fun times. 
They're like, I bet you can throw this rock farther than you, bitch. Cannot. And then next thing you know, you got contests. Well, the great thing is that what's not, because when you look at like old depictions of the gymnasiums and the Olympics, they're all wearing tunics. Uh, they don't. They are nude. Naked, yeah. And Socrates would go and hang out at these gymnasiums where young boys were just sweaty, flopping around. And he was like, this is my... This is the best. This is the best air to live in. Yeah. I'm going to sock all of you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he was having a good time. <clears throat> well, he uh, is also known to have hung out with a guy named Simon the Shoemaker. And uh, Simon the Shoemaker's cobble shop was about was like on the edge of the Agora. You heard of the, the Agora? No, I don't think so. So it means marketplace. Oh, and... Yeah, that's like right underneath uh, the Acropolis where all the dudes would hang out. Right, right. They would sell things. They'd talk. They'd talk shop. Yeah. Fight each other. So on the far end of that, a guy named Simon had a shoe shop, and he hung out with Simon. Simon's well, a wait. friend of his. So let me get this right. The guy who does not wear shoes. Right. His favorite person to hang out with is the guy who makes shoes. I is that a topic they always like? He... Just wear my shoes. Just look. Mm. I don't want any shoes. Come on, dude. You're you're standing around my shop without any shoes on. Yeah. At least. <sighs> it's a good advertisement, though, right? My, sh- my feet look like shit. People will want shoes. All right. Whatever, dude. Okay. So what you're telling me about all this stuff about the mind and the universe? So back to, <laughs> yeah, the definition of justice, I guess. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I mean, Socrates does love irony. Maybe he just, he's like, I'm going to hang out at a shoe <laughs> shop. Like, this is the best place. He's like, I don't even like, like the guy. This, this is just... fucking funny. <laughs> See if anybody points it out. Well, uh, in the book I was reading, it's kind of funny. On, on the far end of the Agora, some archaeologists actually found um, a steel cup that had the name Simon engraved on it. Um, it's just, a, I don't, they don't know if it's the same guy. But it's just, That'd be cool, though. Yeah, just because, like, Plato mentions that Socrates hung out with a guy on the edge of the Agora named Simon who was in a shoe shop. And then on the edge of the Gora, they found a cup that said Simon. They all shit their pants. Yeah, dude. That'd be like, kind of... Fuck. Yeah. I hope it's the same dude. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's just kind of nice, uh, hopefully. Um, well, the general sense of the time is that he would have trained as a stonemason with his dad. There's no proof that he did. There's no statues attributed to him. There was a false... Like, some people uh, did attribute some statues to him. Uh, several years ago later on yeah but then they realized it's a different socrates so we don't know uh if if anything he ever built with his hands is around yeah um we do think that because of his uh leisure time and standing in society he probably had like three or four slaves oh really his family probably had a gaggle of slaves he personally probably had three or four jesus so that's no fun yeah but that was the thing you conquer a land and those people are now you're slaves. Women and children are slaves. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sounds like a better world. Jesus. I don't know. Um, they also held uh, what's called symposiums, which is just when men get together and get drunk and debate and talk and yell at each other and fuck prostitutes. Oh, yeah. I do that all the time. Symposiums? Yeah. We have symposiums all the time. Constantly, yeah. I mean, sans the prostitutes. I'd bring them in if I could. But they also did that. Well, um... We also know that at some point he went to what's called the Isthmian Games, which is just the Olympic Games, but one level down. So, like, the Olympic Games are supposed to be in tribute to Zeus. The Isthmian Games are a tribute to Poseidon. Poseidon? So they're not quite as cool. The games are the same. It happens, like, a year before the Olympics, and we know that he Oh, they're the same? They're not even, like, these ones are the water sports, and these ones are the 
No, it's not like summer and winter Olympics. It's... <laughs> well, just because Poseidon, right? He's supposed to be the, uh, oh, the yeah. god of uh, sea. Of well, the they sea. did have uh, water slide races, water gun fights, <laughs> water balloon fights. You know, have you ever taken a dump? Dolphin wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever taken a dump? And yes, I have. It splashed and the uh, water hits you a little bit in the asshole. Mm-hmm. So someone or has... The, or the tank. You get a wet taint. Yeah. Someone has uh, cleverly named that splash that hits you in the brown eye uh, yeah. Poseidon's Kiss, which I just find to be hilarious. <laughs> that is pretty funny. That's yeah. clever. Poseidon's Kiss gives you a little right there on the asshole. And the good news is, here's a nice little thing I learned when I learned about Poseidon's Kiss. Yeah. Was that if you just put down a tiny bit, it doesn't take very much, a tiny bit of toilet paper before you poop, no splash. So, so there's a nice little fun fact for you. When the Greeks... What's his name from the Odyssey was having trouble, like, because Poseidon was trying to sink his boat. Yeah. All he needed to do was put a little sheet of toilet paper on the ocean and it just, like, oh, damn. He won. Poseidon's like, he knows. (laughs) My kryptonite is the two ply. I was going to kiss him so good. I was going to kiss you right on the mouth, Odysseus. (laughs) Nope. Got the two ply. Now, that's interesting. I'm not sure if you know this off the top of your head, but Homer. Was yep. he around during the same time frame? No, it's a few hundred years before. Before Homer? Yeah. Okay, so Homer hasn't... He's oh, no, alive. sorry. Homer's a few hundred years before Socrates. Oh, okay. So Socrates might might know Homer's stories? Definitely. Oh, nice. Yeah, Homer, Homer and a guy named Hesiod, who wrote like the whole bulk of um, Greek mythology. Yeah. Those are like, I don't know, the guys. Every, everyone's household had, a, had some Homer in it. That's cool. Yeah, kind of like every household has... Um, uh, how to how to influence people and make friends? Or, oh, is that, or where's my cheese? I don't know the second one. Who hid my cheese? Hmm. A Bert and Ernie book. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. That's what. It, so our culture is roughly defined by Bert and Ernie. Yeah. Um. So that's it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sometime in the 440s, he marries a woman named Xanthipe. There's Xanthipe. Hmm. Uh, her name means golden horse, so she's probably from high birth, is what they believe. She looks like a horse, and he looks like a goat, and that's why they just <laughs> they got along. He tried <laughs> to like you know, yeah. He tried to romanticize it like she's like a golden horse. No, she had a horse face. She had yeah. So Xanthipe, uh, the golden or the horse faced. Yeah, the golden horse faced uh, was probably of high birth. Um, they actually think that because of her name and because her and Socrates had a son named Lamprocles, who was named after her father. Which in the tradition, you name your first son after whoever's granddad is the higher standing. Huh. So yeah, she's probably from a rich background. Why they married this no shoe ugly motherfucker with probably no job? I I don't. They yeah. say he was a stonemason. I don't think he had a job. So wait, is, has he started any of his teachings at this point? I mean, yeah, he he's not like he's not. I don't think he's following. famous yet. Yeah, but he, I mean, it's caught with his ideas. Socrates is just. It's the impression I got is that he would get up every day, walk to the marketplace, and bullshit with everybody. <laughs> That's just I, like his thing. This is hilarious because whenever I think of Socrates, you know, in general, of just being like this. Supposed to be really smart philosopher, yeah, out out of the box thinker. It sounds like he's just a normal dude. Who's like, yeah, I'm gonna go chill with my friends, mom. See ya. That's definitely how he liked to present himself. And his mom was like, "You haven't done the chores." He's like, "I can't hear you." Bye. And then he, I'm out of the door. Yeah. Going to the agora. She's like, "Don't forget your shoes." And he's like, Bye. "Too late." 
Yeah, I, uh, uh, you know, you, you think of like a guy in a big stone coliseum and a bunch of students. Yeah. I mean, that's how he was shown in Bill and Ted. Yeah. Uh, well, does no. that not happen later at all? No. Because I thought the whole idea, there's this uh, method I actually wanted. And it's actually a, even a podcast idea at one point. Hmm. It was the, called this, the, oh shit, it's called the Socrates method or the oh, Socrates method. Socratic. Socratic method, yeah. yes. Yeah, because the, the Socratic method is more or less, it's just question and answer based. Oh, but right. depending on what side you're on, you act like an idiot or you insist on certain types of answers. Oh. Yeah. That's weird. It's not quite <laughs> as complex. <laughs> well, I don't get it. Actually, yeah. They call that uh, Socratic irony where you just – so you go you go up to a guy and you're like, you know what? You seem like a very outstanding guy. I bet you know a lot about justice. I don't know anything about justice. <laughs> Help me out. What do you think justice is? And then they define it. You go, yeah – I don't agree with that. What about if you think about it this way and then you just talk them into circles until they... They get sick of it and just like, fuck you. I was just going home. I think that's most of his experiences. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of indication that people fucking hated him <laughs> because he did that. He would just walk up to people and be like, what is a good man? And be like, I don't know. What? I'm trying to... Who are you? I'm working right now. You should get a job too, maybe. Do you... What is... I... Sorry, this is just for my benefit. What do you think ultimate truth is? Like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah. And if he would get anybody to engage him, he sort of collected this clan of people who, yeah, would follow him to Simon's and they would bullshit all day. That's fucking funny. That's This is the guy we're still talking about 2,500 years <laughs> It later. almost sounds like it'd be hilarious <laughs> if he was just doing all this because he was bored and just fucking with people. He's like, look at all these followers. Look at this. I kind of feel like that might, yeah. Some, uh, some of the stuff that Plato wrote made him seem like a very intelligent guy who more or less was just whatever dicking off yeah like you guys aren't that bright <laughs> like, whatever um well uh xanthipe i can't say anything definitively about uh just because sources go back and forth Some, sometimes there's stuff that him and socrates were happy and whatever um some sources from the time indicated that marriage between man and woman was more of like slave and owner Damn. And then there's also a lot of parts in Plato's dialogues where she is depicted as argumentative and mean and ugly. (laughs) (laughs) And he, like, squeaky from level obnoxious. Like, he... Why do you think you're angry right now? (laughs) (laughs) Could you, for my benefit, explain anger to me? (laughs) Well, she was described as, like, aggressive and argumentative, and he actually... There is a quote from him saying that he married her because she's so hard to get along with. He's like, if I can learn to get along with her, I can get along with anybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like a self-improvement thing. And that's, he's like, all right, I'll, I just, I'll give it a shot. Self-challenge. <laughs> um, there's also a quote you can Google that has sort of dubious uh, uh, origins, but it says that uh, go ahead and get ha- or married if you want to, and uh, maybe you'll be happy, but an unhappy marriage will make you a philosopher yeah yeah it's yeah. funny so he's if if you can get married with your wife that's awesome be happy if you can if you can't you'll be a philosopher yeah some well, version of that so we we joke around that he might have just been fucking with people but were philosophers even at that time frame still considered like they believe in gods like multiple gods and oh, yeah. uh oracles mm-hmm. was he getting paid do we know of anything or was he just oh no he was just chilling out and so that's one thing about 
the sense that he was just a dick off kind of guy. Um, there were guys around at the time called the sophists. So, like I was saying early, like court is a new thing. You can sue anybody for anything, or you can attempt to anyway. Yeah. And there's no lawyers, so you are defending or prosecuting by yourself. Shit. So there were guys who would walk around named sophists who taught people how to correctly argue and orate, and you would pay them. And these guys figured that like, this is a good business. What if we also go around and get paid to talk about the origins of the cosmos and what is truth? And so they were philosophers who were doing it purely for for pay. Right. And Socrates fucking hated them. <laughs> he thought that, that, A, wisdom should not be given. It should be something that you accumulate to. Yeah. That people can't absorb it. And he said that wisdom isn't something you should pay for. Right. So um, he was made fun of for being a sophist, but there's not any thought that he really was. He sounds kind of like a high hippie a little bit. I can see hippie. Yeah. Yeah, there's some hippiness to him. He's kind of an arrogant prick sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, he he hella talks down to everybody. <laughs> See. Yeah. Well, uh, the last thing I have about his wife is that in uh, Shakespeare's Taming of the f- of the Shrew, uh, a woman is described as "You are as Socrates, uh, Xanthipe, or worse." So she her modern historical her historical sense is that she's some bitch, but yeah, I don't know. Huh? Could be could be just you know you're hanging with the boys and you talk some shit on your wife. It's not great. It's just what was taken away. Right. Well, uh, he, uh, let's see. Oh, there was some sense he had a second wife. I don't know. Um, back then that happened a lot where, uh, like because of war, a man would die and then the, the wife is alone. So you take a second wife. I don't know. Nobody, so is he still, do we know, prove that? do they remarry or marry just a, a second wife? Like at the same time you have two wives. Yeah. You just have two wives. Oh Yeah. Um, so Mormonism did start way before... Way back, yeah. So Joseph Smith was totally right. Yeah, apparently. Should marry all the little kitties. Oh, boy. Marry them all. Oh, I wanted to, before I left, um, he actually ended up having three kids all together with his wife, uh, Lampricles, Sophronsicus, who's named after her dad, and Menexus. I don't know. There's nothing to know about him except that Aristotle later claimed that they were all fools and dullards. That's, what's a dullard? That's funny. I guess like dull. You're like uh, dumb. That's pretty funny. Like, yeah, your father, the one I'm doing all my work on, yeah, you guys are nothing. You guys yeah, are the, idiots. The genius, you're not like that. That's pretty <laughs> But you got his looks, so <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so Aristotle, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah no, what, what was Aristotle's said. time frame with um, Socrates? After. He never met him. It was way after. So or? it goes uh, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. Plato, right. Yeah. So so Aristotle met his kids. Yeah, I think Aristotle was probably close to their age. Because when Socrates died, um, Menexus, I can't say his name, was yeah. apparently like a toddler. Yeah. And Aristotle was born shortly after Socrates died. So he would have known his kids. Oh, okay. Like, wow, how are you related to that guy? Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you fool and duller. You idiot, what boring... <laughs> Stupid kids, ugly, dumb kids. And you're still not wearing shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so did does it go into about him meeting Plato and teaching Plato? Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Yeah, that comes up. Uh, well, around 450 or 440, he met a woman named Aspasia, who you should look up if you're interested. She's one of the only females from this time frame who um, did enough to be written down. Most Damn. women were not, didn't, you were somebody's wife or nothing. Yeah. Well, she was actually from a different city. She came over because she liked the democracy. She um, 
uh, seduced Pericles and became his mistress. Ooh. And many people think that she is a lot of the brains behind Athens. Shit. Prior to Pericles being in charge, uh, there's no sense he was really a bright guy. He was courageous, good speaker, uh, but not bright. And Aspasia was apparently very bright, and she became his mistress, and suddenly Athens was doing well. And so he was just her puppet. That's what they think. Can't prove it. No. But we do know that she was actually friends with Socrates, and that there's some thought that she was the one who taught him a lot of his uh, uh, rhetoric. Like oh, that's cool. The way that he spoke to people. Because he could talk around people's heads. Yeah. And they think that, because he actually mentioned Aspasia as being his uh, rhetoric teacher. To what degree? I don't know. Dude, that's cool. So not only does this person get a, you know, we have information on them as the only woman during the time frame because she was that smart. Yeah. That they actually had to write something down. But she might be the reason why Socrates, maybe even even he is known? She might be the reason Athens and Socrates are anything. That's crazy. I mean, she could be some wild genius. Um, she's depicted as a foreign whore because right. she came from a different city. and Especially if you're dumb and you're like, why does she get all the attention? Exactly. Whore. She started sleeping with Pericles and they're like, what a loose foreigner. Yeah. But no, every, every actual indication that she's... Very smart. Kind of Cleopatra-esque, you know? Yeah. Uses her beauty and brains and gets ahead. Hedy Lamar Hedy shit. Hedy Lamar, yeah. I was Bam. Just thinking that. That's who she is. So, yeah, Aspasia is Hedy Lamar in your mind. That's actually how I see her in my head, kind of. Yeah. That's sultry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She met Socrates in the street like, you are a terrible looking man. What is your story? <laughs> and he's like, well, let me tell you. My, uh... He's I like, hang, I go to the I shoe store. The shoe I hang out at the whorehouse, yeah. hang out at the gymnasium, look at the boys flopping around. She's like, God damn it, you need some help. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm doing fine. I, I'm good. I don't even fucking wear shoes. And she's like, yeah, you got some fucking problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Sparta, due to their uh, prominence, starts picking on their neighbors. Uh, they've been doing this, but they do more of it. And Sparta... I'm sorry, Athens and Sparta are both doing this now. Oh, okay. Just fighting their neighbors for resources. And they used to be friends when when Persia happened, like in 300. Uh, Persia just conquered or uh, or fought war against all of Greece. So Sparta and Athens were friends against Persia. Well, after they defeated Xerxes, Persia was a little bit quieter. So, of course, what happens... Sparta and Athens start to not get along. Well, that's a bummer. Now, Socrates is quoted as actually admiring Sparta. He So Sparta is completely opposite of Athens. Athens is all about bright colors and democracy and free speech and fucking little boys. Yeah. Sparta is... They're, they're Klingons. They're, <laughs> they're just... Like, you raise yep. a boy from the age... Actually, boys and girls from the age of seven to be a warrior. Yeah. All they do all day long is fight. Strict, just... Strict. Not a lot of culture. They have no written history because they didn't write stuff down. Shit. There's not big gaudy buildings to them because they didn't believe in gaudiness. They were just... Got to get stronger and go fight people. That's it. Conquer the whole place. And I think Socrates liked that kind of strict... I don't know. There's a sense that he liked them. Which is funny because he's like, I'm going to go hang out with the shoe store and the whores. Right. <laughs> but those guys are great, aren't they? He's a fun, He's a strange cat. <laughs> yeah. He says a lot of weird stuff. Well, the Spartan... Um, city and their allies become the Peloponnesian League and Athens and their allies become the Delian League and this is the Peloponnesian War which is like what time frame is this 
This is in 432, okay, something like that. That's just the war when Sparta and Athens fight each other for a while. Okay. Um, it's kind of like World War One, you know, where like an ally has an agreement with another ally, and two little cities fight, and then the big cities get involved. Right. That's exactly what happened. Dragging everybody in. They all got dragged in. Well, in uh, in Athens, there was compulsory military service, so it's not voluntary. Like if you are between 13 and 40. As a man, you're a soldier. Okay. So in 432, we know that uh, Socrates was in his 30s sometime, and he is a hoplite soldier. Really? Yeah. Hoplites. Aren't, they're supposed to be considered to be pretty good for their time frame. Hoplites. They are. They're like the front line of the artillery. Yeah. So they're the guys that like had those big shields, and they would stand on the line so it's like a wall of shields. Yeah. And then they had... Uh, Swords or spears. Yeah. And they would just jab forward. Yeah. He's one of those guys. Damn, I didn't know he was in a war or even in the military at all. Oh, man, he was in a bunch, too, actually. Oh, shit. So, like, the main campaign that we know about is in a place called Potidaea, and he was there for two or three years when Athens just sieged Potidaea. Potidaea is just a Spartan ally, and um, they're up there for a while because we want their iron. It's just how this war's the same. Right. It's always been the same. you got to get the resources. Well, Socrates shared a tent with a young gentleman named Alcibiades, or Alcibiades. Um, It's very difficult to say. I like Beades. Alcibiades. Mm. I'll try and remember that. He is, in your mind, so Aspasia is Hedy Lamar. Alcibiades is Ryan Gosling with with his shirt off. (gasps) All the time. Jesus, God. Maybe Ryan Gosling so, is not right. So Alcibiades is, so he's very famous from the story from now on. He is loud, drunk, beautiful, apparently. Um, he's very good with people. He fucks everybody all the time. Um, he's just a humongous personality. Well, I'm going to think of Ryan Gosling, at least for the looks part. Does that work? I don't know if he's a drunk or anything like that or, or sleeps around a bunch, but... I don't know. You just said beautiful, and I'm just going to put Ryan Gosling in we there. We both just have boners right now, like oh, Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Fucking love, I do love that guy. He's, yeah, dude. He's, he's a good-looking <laughs> fellow. That, uh, crazy Stupid Love movie. Oh, yeah. That's so goddamn oh, yeah. good. I'm not going to lie. If I, could, if I could dress in suits and look that good, Fuck yeah. I would wear suits every day. But, but I look like me, and so I, I, I don't look, look like, that good. Yeah, I still look like me in a suit. <laughs> so I'm not going to wear a suit because... <laughs> I tried on wingtip shoes once. Still looked like me. Yeah. I still I looked in the mirror like you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I just don't I wear hate you more than I ever I hate you more now. <laughs> so I just don't wear shoes. Like I'll do Socrates. Well, Alcibiades uh, shared a tent a tent like I said with uh, Socrates during this campaign. He um, actually sorry. So Socrates is in his forties. Alcibiades is in his twenties. Big muscular beautiful boy. Yeah. You now I keep saying boy. But every time they talk about sexual intercourse with between men, either the men are adults or the boy is, the quote that they would use is um, new to hair on his face. or They'd say pretty young to puberty. New beard. Yeah. yeah. So depending on who you are, that's 12 to 15. Yeah. So, but Alcibiades, at least we know when he went to war with Socrates was in his 20s. Maybe Socrates had been mentoring and fucking his asshole before that. Okay. But, yeah, that is not written down and said that Socrates was his mentor and he was giving it to him. 
It's presumed? Everything indicates that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're sharing a tent, and uh, Alcibiades is uh, kind of important as a soldier. He's related to Pericles. Uh, we think that Pericles, through Aspasia, knew Socrates. So Pericles is like, hey, here's my nephew. Fuck him. Teach him all about the weird shit you're always telling everybody. Yeah. Please don't give him your physical habits, but whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, in my mind, they're in a tent. Some mutual masturbation happened. It's probably a really beautiful, <laughs> really beautiful war. Look at the stars. Look at the stars. You know what this means? Here, got to open your mind and go faster. Go, go faster, faster, though. Now open your mouth as well. <laughs> oh open your mind and mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh. Well, Plato did say that uh, Socrates' two greatest loves in life were wisdom and Alcibiades. Those were his two greatest so, loves. So, yeah. All right. I think it's it. I think it's pretty clear to I, me. Yeah, I don't I, think we have to speculate. It's, no. It's clear to me what happened. What's funny is most stuff that you'll come across either loves Socrates, so, so this doesn't come up, or it's talked about gently, because we're still talking about pedophilia. Yeah. Uh, I don't like to talk about anything gently. He fucked that kid. Yeah. He definitely fucked that well, kid. Well, and we're people time. We don't, look, we don't, we want to tell the whole story. That's we don't want to smooth is. over. Well, and again, it's not. Mm, well, and it's at not that great, but it's not pedophilia like it is now. Well, at that time frame, it's not frowned upon. So I'm not saying that it's okay. Yeah. I'm just saying that at the time, it sound, it seems like people weren't being like, Socrates is a pedophile. What the fuck? People are like, him that's totally normal. People? Yeah, like Socrates now hanging out at, around a little league practice where he's not related to any of the kids. Now? Yeah, no. Bad news. Back then? Whatever. Fine. Maybe I he'll mean, teach one of them some stuff. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll pull one aside and be like, hey. <laughs> Tell me about just. <laughs> I saw you out there batting. That was neat. You can really handle that. <laughs> That's a big stick. It's a big stick you can hold. <laughs> Mine's not big. Mine's not very big at all. Have you seen the statues? It's like it'll be a That's lot like easier. Mine is. <clears throat> it'll be a lot, a lot easier for you. <laughs> Go back and I'll show you my discourse. <laughs> well, um, Alcibiades. He's repeatedly described in really obnoxious terms, it's just the perfect specimen for Greek Athens. He's just regal and strong and charming and whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of quotes from Xenophon where, yeah, he's he's godlike. High energy. Um, oh, actually, I had a, a, a boy love quote I wanted to give. <laughs> you have a quote. So what, what book are you reading from? Uh, this is The Hemlock Cup. Hemlock Cup. Yeah, which I actually recommend anybody read. It's not crazy long, and it gives so much uh, Greek history. It's kind of insane. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, this is a quote from one of Plato's discourses where he's... Oh, sorry, it's from uh, Xenophon. Xenophon's talking to a friend about whether or not um, a kiss is the same as a sting from a scorpion, which I'm sure the conversation was leading to that. Sure. But they were talking about like how how strong love can be okay. as opposed to poison. And, uh, it's a weird way to compare things. It is, right? Hmm. Well, his friend said uh, the reason that it's different is that scorpions have poison in their bite and kisses don't. <laughs> Seems like he just like states the obvious. Like, yeah, look, it's not the one's same. poisoning you. So Socrates is quoted as saying, you foolish one, don't you think that beautiful boys also have some poison in their love? Don't you know that this beast, which they call... The beautiful boy in the prime of his youth. Oh, my God. It's so much more dangerous than scorpions because scorpions at least have 
to touch, whereas this beast can poison you from a distance. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's like, but I advise you, whenever you see some beautiful boy, flee with all speed. Oh, my God. What I, I can't even understand, though, what's <laughs> happening where he thinks that some 15-year-old kid is poisoning him. So beautiful, you have to run away. Oh, my God. He's like, you don't understand. They're going to also be like into women, and you're like, what? Why? Girls are... Girls are gross. Or they'll realize that you're big and ugly and they just want to go find some other hot guy. Well, that's and So you're just stuck with the poison they leave. They just poison your heart. Well, they poison your dick. <laughs> you're like, come back. <laughs> well, and that, that's why I'm kind of harping on the boy love thing is yeah. we know culturally it happened, but he seems specifically to have loved, loved boys. That was his, uh, was his type was young under. Just young boys. Yeah. And uh, that's what happened. <laughs> so that's that's the guy we're still talking about. Yeah. Several thousand years later. Well, Alcibiades, Alcibiades also described during this war that Socrates would sometimes just stare off in his space for hours. <laughs> and apparently would communicate with a personal um, spiritual guide that he called his daemon. Hmm. Um, so the modern translation of the greek daemon is demon yeah so it's like a uh an incorporeal spirit yeah. that i don't know i guess his guide he sometimes described it as just his moral guide and sometimes he described it as like a personality so yeah like a gardening garden gardening a guardian angel yeah wow, i can't talk a garden angel yeah garden <laughs> helps him a in gardening the... angel well he helps him with the tomatoes and uh, cabbages in certain climates tomatoes are hard to grow um, not in Greece, I don't think, or here in Utah. Peas? But if you have a daemon who can help you. Then you don't need anything. Yeah. You yeah. You don't need fertilizer or anything like that. That's nice. I should get one of those. My garden's not doing great. Yeah, we don't even have one, so see, like, I'm... So your garden's I'm doing way awful. behind, yeah, <laughs> fuck. Well, yeah, I, I couldn't really figure out what the deal is with this daemon. It feels like it should be an important part of the story, and he sometimes talks about it like it has a personality. A lot of the time, he's more described as just his conscience. Or he actually even says that it doesn't tell him what to do. It tells him what not to do when the consequences will be bad. So, like, if danger is around the corner and he doesn't know that, the daemon will say, stop. And he'll stop. And then danger will happen. He'll go, thanks, daemon. Okay. I don't know. All right. So I don't know if he's crazy or this is like a Greek thing where you just believe in personal gods. Maybe yeah, he's schizophrenic. He could be. Hmm. Yeah, he's a weirdo. Well, the staring off into space for hours uh, actually happened several times. People did talk about it where, to the point where, in a modern sense, it's speculated he might have had a catalepsy of some kind, where, like, you have, like, a weird uh, seizure disorder where, like, you're, you just go stiff. Oh, that's a bummer. It would explain why he's such a fucking weirdo. Why everyone else would think, like, what the hell? He's yeah. Just... And then just freeze there for a while and then come back and be like, where were you? Oh, I was talking to my demon. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. See, see ya. Do you want to go fuck some boys? Yes, I do. <laughs> let's go get some. I, I'm sick of the Athenian ones. Let's go fuck some. So let's go take over a city and fuck some boys. Oh, okay. This is awesome. <laughs> we can philosophize the whole way. Well, Socrates, uh, according to Alcibiades, um, actually, Socrates saved Alcibiades' ass twice. They were in a war, Alcibiades fell over, and somebody was going to stab him, and Socrates grabbed him and picked him up and saved him a couple times. 
shit. Yeah, and they actually went on a few different campaigns together. So during Potidaea, the Athenians actually get up to the city walls of Potidaea um, and barricade it until the Potidaeans, you can look this up, um, die of sicknesses and cannibalism to the point where Potidaea just turned to shit. The Athenians just locked them into their city until they killed themselves. And ate themselves? Yeah. Was it because they were starving or they are just... Starving, yeah. Yeah. Because they couldn't get any of the resources inside the walls. Fuck. So Socrates was part of that. He was there. That's crazy. Fucking a little boy creating cannibals, which is fun. <laughs> um, and so altogether, it is estimated that Socrates fought in about 19 possible military campaigns. Jesus. Given his age and time and place and when they happened, like a lot of, uh, there's only two other military campaigns that are mentioned in the documents, but there's 19 altogether. They're like, yeah, he, he would have been the time frame been age there. that he would have. Well, knowing that he went to Potidaea, they were like, "Why wouldn't he have gone to these other ones?" Yeah, yeah. Every every other Athenian of his age did. Right. So we know that he fought a lot. I mean, he's not just a happenstance, a hoplite soldier. He's a fucking. He's a he's a soldier. He's a military guy. Weird. Um, there's a bunch of other conflicts that we know, and a lot of them are pretty horrific. If you look into the Peloponnesian War, I mean, just women and children enslaved the men like they would tie people up outside the walls of their city and just watch them emaciate to death jesus and then like march their slaves past them and be like oh your dad's dying um good god <laughs> all that kind of shit yeah and i'm gonna fuck you later so yeah i'm gonna fuck your kids yeah jesus it's it's a lot of fun times kind of wish i lived back then hmm yeah I think f- for the... I'd be one of the guys that's up on the wall and be like, let me down. <laughs> Don't do this. This is so terrible. Please. Yeah. I mean, you know, per the um, the 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 question that the Knackers and the Winds guys asked, Yeah, like, what would you do if you got no credit for it? I'd be Socrates. <laughs> Fucking all the boys. Oh, my God. Killing all the slaves. No credit. Yeah. I just want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, no philosophy either. I don't need that shit. Well, when our heroes uh, return home, uh, which this should be a movie, the Socrates and Ryan Gosling movie, I think. Ooh, yeah. Who should play Socrates, do you think? Uh, who's ugliest, weirdest? Ugly, weird, no shoes. Steve Buscemi, maybe? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's got bed, That's bug perfect, eyes. yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Well, they come home to an Athens that's a little fucked, so the plague is happening, and it's not... I don't, maybe it's not the Black Plague. They don't know. This was 2,500 years ago. Yeah. Um, per how the symptoms are recorded, they think it might have just been typhus. Ah, which is not to be confused with typhoid. You got it. Um, Typhy. Ty- hey, little Typhy. <laughs> <laughs> typhus is the one that uh, is spread from like lice. And yeah. Shit like that, that you get like a rash and a cough and you die vomiting. From lice. Right? It's already a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, they think it's typhus. Uh, so the plague is happening, which does not make it better that their city is walled in. It spreads the virus. And then Sparta is just getting closer. Sparta is like only a few miles away from Athens, just burning their crops to the ground. Shit. So they come home to kind of an ugly situation. Well, altogether, like a third of the population is dead at this point. Wow. Uh, there's mass graves that are found all over Athens that they can attribute to this time frame. And uh, the fevers from typhus can give you 
excessive brain damage. So during the siege, there were people who we know now had brain damage, but back then they were like, the Spartans are making people possessed. Oh, shit. So we, they thought it was them? Yeah, they thought it was curses or some shit. As you're getting like 105 fever and your brain's melting, they're like, <laughs> oh, what kind of... What kind of demon has turned up the heat in here? <laughs> um, well, this ugly situation got Pericles kicked the fuck out. He was exiled and uh, killed later. And a new gentleman who you can also look up uh, named Cleon. And Cleon is just the next democratic guy everybody likes. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and uh, let's see. We are able to push, or Socrates and his fellow uh, soldier boyfuckers are able to push the Spartans out by taking some Spartan soldier hostages. Yeah. And Spartans have that high level of honor that you can't be killed unless you're killed in war. So if you're killed as a hostage, you lose all honor. So they were like, we're going to kill all your hostages without any honor unless you leave. So they were able to get the Spartans pushed out. And, Jesus. Yeah. And now we're experiencing a little bit of peace again. And uh, we know Socrates went to another assault on an island called uh, Boeotia. Uh, Boeotia did not go well. Uh, the hoplites actually were... I couldn't understand what happened, but they got messed up and started stabbing their own guys on accident what and there was like separate assaults and i think they fucked up who was who <laughs> but they're dressed like us they're trying to trick us ah it's greeks and then one of them's like i think that's socrates and he's like don't stab <laughs> nah we won't know until he's dead <laughs> get him well they started yeah so uh <laughs> socrates the one stabbing one of someone <laughs> recognizes him is like hey i think that's socrates i think we're fighting the wrong and then socrates is like ah yeah! kills him <laughs> philosophize this <laughs> well it didn't go well and Alcibiades had been moving up the ranks in this whole time to the point where he is like a commander and he's on a horse <laughs> yeah and socrates is still on the ground as a hoplite and there are quotes from Alcibiades that during this time um go ahead are you all right there i'm, st I'm sorry i'm still the socrates <laughs> I'm still the Socrates stabbing some guy on his own side that he doesn't know is on his side when the other guy recognizes. I'm laughing. Why am I stupid? Okay. No, wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Ah! It's too late, bitch. I'm going to fuck your kid later. I'm super sorry. I like tried not to think about it, and then it came back rolling in hard. Sorry. So he's on a funny and odd visual of nothing else. Ah, uh, sorry. So Alcibiades uh, described Socrates in this fight in a pretty cool way. Uh, he said that he was on a horse so he could see higher up, and he saw Socrates down there. Yeah. And he said that um, there was – I was going to re-quote, but it's not that good. He, he said that um, a group of these hoplites who were all fucked up and didn't know what was going on yeah. started getting stabbed randomly, and Socrates actually gathered a bunch of them and ran them into some woods, and he's like, we need to – regroup here shit so it was socrates who was like that eh, we gotta go there's something yeah. going on the fucking guy on the horse was just watching it instead of doing anything it's possible they had some sort of like uh kind of what do you call it when you have like inside men that are like a oh that guy's on the sides who record everything well no i mean like if they're all stabbing themselves or whatever do you think it was like a oh a coup of some yeah kind? like someone sent in some army men to go join the hoplites and they're like we're hoplites too sure we totally are you don't even know stab them could be. I don't know. It could be, dude. There was a lot of that type of deception and stuff. It's a dirty war. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty gross time when they just all lied to each other and stuff. 
But Socrates, whatever happened with it, whatever they were stabbing, Socrates is like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and he actually helped some dudes get out and go into some woods, Yeah, according to uh, his, his, his boyfriend. Um, well, I was just going to mention, for a little historical context, um, like I said, like it, it is compulsory that he be in the military, but it's not compulsory to be hoplite. Like, you have to go to the military, but maybe you're a cook or you're a guy who carries equipment or whatever. Yeah. To be a hoplite, you have to, you buy your own... Shield and shit? Shield, sword, um... Shoes? Well, (laughs) Alcibiades said he still didn't wear shoes. Really? (laughs) Never did. He said in the middle of winter in Potidaea in sieges, he didn't wear shoes. What the fuck? And was impervious to the cold, which I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Steve Buscemi's not, he doesn't get cold either. I guess as far not. as I can tell. Well, um, yeah, so it's just important to remember that, you know, so Plato didn't write this down, but we know. To yeah. be a soldier, you have to buy your own equipment. You are choosing to be there. So as much as Socrates is an interesting guy, and I know a lot of people like to attribute peace to thoughtfulness, but no, he's, he he's, was a, a, bl- he's a bloodthirsty he's a warrior. warrior. Yeah. yeah, that's important to remember. Well, uh, just an interesting bit. In 429, Athens accepts a new god named uh, uh, Bendis, who's like an Artemis type of god. I'm just mentioning that because it's cool that that just happened, that they would just like... Yeah, why not another god? Throw him in there. Yeah, like some other foreign city would be like, well, we worship this this goddess. And they're like, I like her. We'll take her too. And then suddenly she's in your city. That's cool. So rather than being like, no, we're going to demolish your religion and yours is wrong. They're like, yeah, sounds nice. I like I liked this god. Is she nude? She better be no, nude, right? And they're like, always. Sure, I guess. And they're like, well, cool. She can be in your city, I guess. And they're like, awesome, awesome, oh, yes. I love naked chicks, dude. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Socrates is said to have been at the, uh, I mentioned that because it said to, that he was there at the, I don't know, what they, the inauguration or whatever. Right. There's like horses with lights on them that create like a light show or whatever. Oh. Huh. So in 423, we hit the first... Um, Source that we know mentioned Socrates for history is Aristophanes, uh, Gwen Stefani's great, 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 great uncle. Oh, okay. The playwright. Yeah. He's a playwright. Yeah. Right. And he writes a comedy called The Clouds. And The Clouds is... Not the most creative title, but... Well, it's actually, as a play, kind of fun. I mean... Well, that's cool. Well, I don't know anything about the play, so maybe I should shut up before I... (laughs) Like, The Clouds. I'm like, hmm. Stupid. (laughs) Where's the channel changer? <laughs> Where's the dicker? <laughs> um, it's not unfunny. It's odd. There are a lot of fart jokes. Oh, never mind. I love this play. Yeah, it's actually it's it's kind of fun. So I'll just the I'll give you the brief bit. A guy is in debt because his son spends too much money on horses and horse stuff. So the guy tells his son, "I can't afford this. Um, you need to figure out how to pay off my debts." And his son being a teenager is like, whatever, and leaves. <laughs> so his dad is like, well, who can I go to to help me figure out how to uh, talk my way out of paying these debts? I don't want to pay them. Yeah. I want to outsmart my debtors. <laughs> so he goes to what was called the thinking shop, which... It's a quirky, just, funny thing, I'm sure, if that was like, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think it was a real thing. I think it's yeah. uh, Aristophanes poking fun. And the thinking shop is run by Socrates. He goes inside... There are people staring at the ground, people staring at the sky, and Socrates is in a basket talking to clouds. And some guy stops the dad at the door, and he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, I'm seeking the wisdom of Socrates because I need to learn how to speak. And the guy's like, how do you know anything about him? And he's like, well, I heard that he's wise. 
and he said he's very wise. He figured out how many footsteps a flea takes from your head to the table. And the dad is like, how did he do that? And he's like, it's very ingenious. He took the flea, dipped his feet into uh, wax, and then counted the steps. And they're like, <laughs> wow, he is wise. And then he's like, you know, he also figured out how a gnat makes that buzzing sound. He's like, really? How did he do it? Well, the anus of the of the gnat is just the perfect trumpet size that when they <laughs> when they fart, it just sounds like. Yeah, and the guy was like, "Such wisdom! I must learn from this man." He's like, "This will all be very helpful, and I need to go talk to my debtors." Yeah, and so then, yeah, weirdness ensues. Socrates talks to the clouds. He claims that they're gods. Fart joke, fart joke, fart joke. That's awesome. And uh, it ends up that um, the guy does not talk his way out of his editors and in, in anger burns down the uh, thinking shop. So, so, so spoiler on that. So is this to make fun of Socrates or more to make fun of the other guy or both? <sighs> yeah, I don't. Who knows? So there's no indication that Socrates ever ran a school. Okay. So the thinking shop, I guess, is a is a joke about that kind of thing like, like Pythagoras did. Yeah. But Socrates didn't. So I think... There's a sense that Aristophanes was actually friends with Socrates, and he was like, "You think the dumbest shit." Like and this is like, goofy. Check. I'm wrote yeah. something about it. Yeah. So I'm gonna make. I'm gonna use your name to make fun of you and all the guys like you. You dumb fucks who ask too many questions. Yeah, that's the sense. But the character of Socrates in the play is, he's just arrogant and he says ridiculous things. And yeah. he says that um, that uh, thunder is Zeus's farts. Which, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what. That's, yeah. That's funny. It's <laughs> stupid, but it's funny. Like, yeah, it's funny. Well, and the guy, he I'm told the guy, guy that, yeah. and the guy was like, I don't know what you mean. And he's like, you know, like when you eat too much stew or soup or something and your your stomach rumbles and then it comes out the other end. And the guy's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what's happening in this guy. <laughs> so yeah, it's Zeus. He's fucking ripping them. So there's that. Um, and then around this time, Socrates in real life has a friend named uh, Chererophon, Chererophon. Hmm. I don't know. He is described by all sources as odd. He is pale, scrawny, excitable, nocturnal, uh, impetuous. Excitable. Yeah, like he would just get nervous or really into an idea a lot. Yeah. Just an odd, tall, pale, strange man. I just want to picture these two both just walking around, and he's Probably he's the, all jumpy, and he's yeah. just not wearing shoes. Like, chill out, man. <laughs> and these are the guys that later everyone's like, geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> just an all-around sexy crew. Yeah. Well, he traveled to the, uh, the temple of uh, Delphi to see the oracle, and um, he walking up. Uh, just like in 300, he heard odd music that was like, uh, breathe, breathe in the air. <laughs> well, and he goes up to the Oracle and, uh, a little backdrop, the Oracle of Delphi sits over top a crack in the ground where noxious fumes come up. Noxious. What is it really? They don't know because it doesn't happen anymore. They know that on the temple there's a crack in the ground and there's some fumes that come up, but it's like, I don't know, like what happens with lava or whatever. Natural gas or... Yeah, like some kind of that, but it's okay to be around. But they're like, back then, there's sense that it was it was giving people hallucinations. Right, you get a little bit of, uh, well, if anything cut off the oxygen for your brain even, yeah. it might be enough to... So this, I mean, in real life what happened is a chick sits in a basket 
over a crack in the earth and gets blasted. Yeah. And somebody asks her a question, and she goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> She's, you and know, somebody, I'm a voodoo child, baby. I'm a voodoo child. And then a the priest, person's like, I've got to figure out how to translate this to my. Yeah. Well, some priest comes over and he's like, I'll translate you. Yes, you should marry your first cousin or whatever the question was. <laughs> She's still back there singing. <laughs> Lord knows I'm a voodoo child. <laughs> well, yeah, the uh, the oracles were said to not live very long. Hmm. Really? Is it because they Which is uh, odd. were sniffing? No, definitely not. It's because of their intense connection to Apollo. Right. Yeah, it's what they believed at the time. What's fun is they even admitted that it was a poisonous gas. Like The, the history of, of Delphi is that there was a serpent that lived on the mountain. Apollo killed him and threw him under the ground. And the fumes that come up the ground are his rotting corpse. And this lady would smell the fumes of this rotting corpse and see visions. So right. they, All natural. they knew. They knew they were getting stoned. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Weird. Well, I mean, like that's a lot. That's you find that a lot in a lot of different cultures, anyways. That's true. Get high, and then you, you had some sort of revelation. That's all shamans and religions are based on. Yeah. Well, his friend um, goes to the shaman, or sorry, the oracle, and oddly, the thing that he can think about is, is Socrates the most wise man on earth? And that's from Plato. Xenophon says, who is the wisest man on earth? Okay. Either way, the oracle says Socrates. Really? Yeah. So when he says, is Socrates, or is anyone wiser than Socrates? She says, no. That's according to Plato. Hmm. So he runs home, this excitable weirdo, tells Socrates, and Socrates is like, I don't know how to digest that. I don't feel like a particularly smart guy. <laughs> and so he kind of goes around the city asking people those obnoxious questions he's been asking his whole life, and he starts asking important people, poets and politicians and craftsmen, and he does come away saying, oh, yeah, maybe I'm... Cause These guys are idiots. I didn't realize until now. I yeah. am the smartest. Well, at least from his perspective, because he would always... His whole shtick is, I don't know anything. Yeah. Which is a cheeky way to go up to someone and be like, tell me about love. And then when they say, well, I love my wife, and you're like, well, that doesn't define love. It's not what I asked. <laughs> until you spar with them until they either get annoyed and leave, or you show that you know more words than them. Yeah. So Wasn't he the one who also said, the one thing I do know is that I, that I know nothing? Exactly. Yeah. That, that's, that's his platform. Yeah. Is that, uh, bit... I, I don't know anything. Which obnoxious fucking <laughs> thing bit, to yeah. say. And it's also, it seems almost like a, I don't know, a way to play up your own arrogance by... Yeah, they they call it Socratic irony. It's actually called being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. You go up to someone, you, you, you have a higher mentality, but you're claiming to not know anything for mm -hmm. fake humbleism. Which, you know. because then you always say, well, it's because I'm an idiot. But what you're saying is, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. It's actually quite so genius, actually. Prove way. to me that you're an idiot while I watch you. <laughs> dance, puppet, dance. That's so much of like his dialogues. I was like, you're just being an asshole to these people, just making them yeah. march around. And a lot of his dialogues do end with the people just leaving. Like, like an <sighs> impasse. They're like, fucking shit. <laughs> oh, fine. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Bye. <laughs> and he's like, see? I'm the wisest. <laughs> well, he actually took this uh, little story to heart that the Del the Oracle. So this feels fake, this story with his friend up there. But there's every indication that it actually happened. Yeah. And he took it seriously. He's like, so straight from the god Apollo, I'm the wisest man on earth. 
I need to keep doing what I've been doing because I am instructing the people of Athens how to think correctly. Yeah. Do what do what you want with that. Yeah. Um, there is uh, around this time when Plato's symposium is apparently supposed to happen, so it's just one of Plato's dialogues. The symposiums, like I said earlier, guys get together and drink. And in his symposium, they are talking about the definition of love. There's a bunch of famous Athenian figures there who talk about love. Um, and Socrates ends up talking about how the greatest love on earth is the love between a man and a man, because the love between a man and a woman creates a man, and the love between a man and a man creates wisdom. So huh. it's it's all beautiful. Oh, okay. There's also a scene towards the end of that symposium when Alcibiades comes back. He hasn't been hanging out with Socrates in a while, and he's drunk, and he tries to have sex with him. And he tries to have sex with Socrates? Yeah. And Socrates uh, feels a little awkward. I, I'm assuming they broke up at this point. Yeah. Because Socrates is, n- is not into it. He's calling him back as like a booty call. Like, hey, baby, where, I, well, where have you been? With your, with your drunk ex-boyfriend <laughs> bursts into a party you're having and is like hitting on you, you go, we can't. Uh, this like, is awkward, man. Yeah. Um, look, you were only attractive when you were 14. And now you're... You're like a grown-up now. That's gross. Uh, is your little brother still in town? <laughs> <laughs> well, Plato's Symposium can be taken literally or it can be taken figuratively. And a lot of people actually take it figuratively that Alcibiades is like, in this scenario, supposed to be an explanation of the, uh, Athens as a whole. That like Athens is a little bit off kilter and too into themselves and too drunk that Socrates can't figure out what to do with them. He can't fuck them. Interesting, yeah. Is, is the metaphor. Like, he, you can't fuck with the city because you don't understand them anymore. Yeah. Well, in 410, um, he actually time travels to San Dimas, California, <laughs> 1989. Um, it's a weird experience. He meets Billy the Kid. He uh, helps a kid clean his house. He goes to the mall. Yeah. He gets arrested. No way. He helps a kid with his uh, final history exam. Homework? It's tubular, dude. Shit. Yeah. It's totally excellent. Does he get on a stage at any point? Yeah, at one point he gets up there, and um, a nice kid named Ted helps uh, like uh, describe everything he's trying to say. Nice. Yeah. And uh, they keep calling him, they keep pronouncing his name wrong, but he's all right with it. He's just like, they're nice kids. He's like, whatever, it's chill. They're nice kids. They have a time machine, so they must know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, but he met Genghis Khan and uh, Joan of Arc. It was quite an adventure. Mm. Maybe an excellent adventure, That's, some might say. Uh, Wild stallions. I can't believe George Carlin signed up for that. Oh my god, yeah, I forgot. I forgot he's in that shit. Oh, fucking great movie. Um, well then around this time, Alcibiades, his ex boyfriend, uh, is like a high ranking general and he has a plan to go attack Sicily, which is uh uh Italy, Rome. Right, right. And this is just because Athens is really high on how cool they are. Sicily's quite a distance away, and this is not smart. But they get on some ships, they go over there to do it, and uh, the night before they leave, somebody breaks a bunch of dicks off of statues in the city. Really? Yeah. Dude, that's funny. They it, specifically targeted the dicks. The dicks and the noses. <laughs> Which, maybe that's just the easiest target. Maybe, but, but also, that's he funny. broke the dicks off. <laughs> and uh, some witness came forward and said, yeah, Alcibiades got wasted in 
just broke the dicks off <laughs> all these statues. So that's historically what people think happened. That he broke, like, I don't know if he are kicked Are those statues them. still up, and are they still dickless? I fucking hope so. Me I could. Oh, I'll have to go look at it. <laughs> well, he broke the dicks off the statues, and since some of the statues were gods, uh, this is against the law. Oh. <clears throat> this is impiety of a high order. So he is actually called back from the war to be put on trial. Uh, he's like, fuck that, and leaves. And he actually goes to Sparta and ends up being a general for them. He joins their military? He joins their enemy. Wow. This is Ryan Gosling. He's like, look, all I did was like, knock off some dicks. Big deal, right? And they're like, we don't even have any statues. He's like, perfect. Great. Let's just all be here Give then. me the real dicks then, and I'll <laughs> knock those around. Well, he actually does fuck the king's wife. What? And is almost killed for that. Yeah. So he runs to Persia. And he's like, I'll join your guys' army. And he did. Oh, my God. He actually fucking did that. Well, before all this, when he was with Sparta, he was leading a group of people who were just destroying Athens. Mm. I, I don't know. He sounds like an asshole. Yeah. Like, you turn on your city and you're part of the army that tries to kill him. It's not super cool. Yeah. But he was fucking some Spartan ladies. Maybe he's having a good time. Yeah. But after that, yeah, he, he fucks the king's wife, goes to Persia. There's no history about what he did there. I'm assuming he fucked somebody's wife <laughs> because he comes back. And several, many years after this, um, things kind of calm down and he's allowed to come back into Athens, but is assassinated pretty much right away. Who's Who assassinates him? They don't know. Somebody hired some assassins. Yeah. yeah. So Sock's ex-boyfriend uh, is dead now. Yeah. Uh, whether or not Tears cried or he had a nice um, gloomy jerk-off session, I don't know. Who knows? He probably did in the middle of the city, just crying and jerking himself off. There you go. I have so many mixed emotions right now. <laughs> Mostly horniness. I was going to say, it's one of them horniness. <laughs> Mostly <it's> horniness. <laughs> um, well, in 406, uh, Socrates is too old to be in the military now, but six generals uh, fucked up some foreign campaign where a bunch of soldiers' bodies were allowed to rot in the sun. Which apparently, if you don't bury a body, they become wandering souls, as we all know. Right. So the city Why was... we bury our, de- bury our dead today. Exactly. It's the only reason. I mean, I think it was maybe just the 80s when we used to throw them in the road, before we realized that huh. science proved that you become a wandering soul. Right. Well, back then, they already knew that. So these six generals, there's some sense that they couldn't bury the bodies because of some big storm. Some people say it's just because they retreated too fast. Whatever. The, this is a, also another high crime. And Socrates um, uncharacteristically volunteered for service that day. There's no other record of him volunteering for democratic service. Okay. Maybe he did it a lot and it's not recorded. Or this one, he's like, how young were these boys that died? Can we see their bodies? And they're like... Their pictures? I, I'm pretty young, I guess. Kind of question Why does that matter? You just got to go bury them. Oh, I'll go bury them. I'll go bury it. <laughs> Buried something. Something's getting buried. Just point. Point where I'm going. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) People who are just totally unaware, they're like, they're out, they're right outside the building, right out the wall over there. Aren't you that Socrates guy who was stabbing our own guys earlier? Where are the bodies? Not fucking with you anymore. All right, go bury him. Go bury him. I'm sorry. Yes. Well, (laughs) yeah. Uh, he signed up for <laughs> court that day to volunteer, and he got awarded randomly the judge for this trial. Oh, okay. And this is... Whoa, wait, what trial? For the six 
generals who oh right yeah who didn't bury those bodies. So this is kind of insane that you you just go to the court in the morning, put your disc in there, and it tells you your role and you're hey you're the judge of this trial now. That's crazy, dude. So he went and did that. Yeah, it's actually called the die cast. We should go back to that. I'd like to be a judge for like a day. Be it's cool. usually for just whatever trial you get assigned to, and then they're usually about a day. So it's like jury duty, but just real but you quick. can be the judge. <laughs> you're like ha ha ha, you die now. <laughs> you all die. Yeah. Um. Well, he did not feel that this was fair because these generals were being accused of, of intentionally leaving these bodies, and that that's a capital, that's a, that's a capital offense. Right. So they were going to be killed, and he thought, a uh, maybe it's not their fault. I don't know. I wasn't there, and and b uh, according to our own law, you can't um, try a group of people. You have to try individuals. One at a time. Yeah. So he's like, I'm not gonna proceed with this, and the jury wanted to kill him and the prosecutor wanted to kill him and whatever and he just stood his ground was like no it's against the law and i don't feel right about it so he was dismissed for the day that was fine uh, they were killed the next day by the next <laughs> they judge. somebody else yeah so that way to go sorry right. um well in 404 their population is down to probably about half what it was from the peak of the war shit they're just fucked and sparta surrounds their city and says you can't defend yourself so tear down your walls Strip your amazing fleet down to 12 ships. Uh, devote yourselves to us through resources and taxes, and you're not Democrats anymore. Damn. So the uh, Xenophon has a quote from Socrates saying, During the siege, uh, while others pitied themselves, I-, I lived no worse than when the city was at its happiest. Huh. He was unbothered by this. Yeah. Again, strange fella. What a weird guy. So the a pro-Spartan oligarchy comes up, and it is actually being headed by one of Socrates' old students and friends, a guy named Cretius. Cretius is kind of like Alcibiades, where he was a young, loud guy who followed Socrates around when he was younger and then rose up in the ranks, became a big general. Hmm. And there's a lot of talk that, you know, Socrates was more than what people talk about, that he was like a military instructor, because he instructed a lot of military generals. Like he might have been more military than he was philosopher? Yeah. But obviously... Um, Plato wasn't into that interpretation, so we don't know that. But again, like as a hoplite, he paid to be in the war, and then a lot of his students were generals, so that's a sense. So, uh, Cretius is the head of this pro-Spartan oligarchy, and they just start murdering anybody who has pro-democratic sympathies. So they, they're like in the city now, the Spartans are, mm-hmm. and anyone who's trying to practice that, they're like... Kill them down, whatever. They're hunting down anybody from the old guard and just destroying democracy as best they can. Hmm. And they actually call on Socrates. Uh, Cretius does, because he's like, I know you're my old friend. I got a pro-democracy rebel who's hiding a few cities over. I need you to go grab him and bring him back so we can kill him. And Socrates, again, is like, that's not really my bag. I don't really want to do that, so I'm not going to. Damn. And so, yeah, they are days away from putting him on trial for this. And another, the guy he was going to go kill with some other guys coming to the city and retake it over, and now we're a democracy again. What? So the guy he, oh, that's badass. It's a weird story, but yeah, that happened. So Weird. Uh, he was spared for the moment. Um, Socrates? For the moment, because he was going to be tried for telling Cretius no. Yeah. Now the Democrats come back in and they're like, thanks for not killing me earlier. You're okay for now. Um, but that was like, 
year or so later when a, a gentleman named uh, Miletus, who's a poet, and a guy named Anatus, who's a politician, and some other guy named Lycon, nobody knows who the fuck he is, they publicly accused uh, Socrates of failing to acknowledge our gods, introducing new gods, and corruption of the youth. I mean, besides that last one, uh, I mean, introducing new gods, isn't that something that they do anyways? Yeah, but he was, they were claiming that he was just making them up. Oh, yeah, made up gods, that's... That's way worse (laughs) than what they were doing. There's no statue to your shit, Socrates. Yeah, I like one, I'll have one made. That's all it takes? Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, our bad. But the the children, though... Court adjourned. Oh, wait, get back here! (laughs) So... When you accuse somebody of something in Athens, you actually print it on a big board in the middle of the Agora so everybody knows what's going on. Damn. So Socrates woke up in the morning. Somebody told him, you're like, you're being accused of this stuff. And according to Plato, he actually went to a local gymnasium, watched some boys. Watched some boys. Had a chat. He's like, in case this goes south, I better uh, get this in while I can. There is actually a whole uh, discourse that's based on him walking to the court, and he takes his time. Yeah. He talks to a guy who's also on his way to court because this guy is actually going to put charges against his own father for being a murderer. Damn. Socrates is like, he plays off his cheeky, you must know a lot about justice. (laughs) I don't know anything. Tell me if it can help me in my trial. And it it ends with the guy being like, I don't know. Okay. I I have a murderer father. My dad's a murderer. Why are you bugging me? Yeah. So Socrates goes to to, uh, court. So they... uh, there's a 500-person jury. This is how many people were in capital punishment trials. Damn. 500 people. And he stands up to uh, defend himself. And this is probably the best discourse by Plato if you're going to read one. It's called The Apology. And it is hilarious and strange and uh, a lot of fun. Oh, cool. So Socrates stands up. You don't hear uh, the other side's prosecution case, but you hear Socrates defend himself. And Plato was there. He was. He was. So the apology was written after Socrates was dead. So the accuracy is whatever. But yeah. they didn't have TV back then. So I think memories maybe worked better. Anyway. I mean, Homer was all. Yeah. Right? That, that's a yeah. That's a thing. I don't even know when Homer's story was later written. Because I'm pretty sure he did not write it. I'm going to pee again. What is that called? What? What? Oral. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still recording. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, oral. <laughs> yeah. 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 The oral tradition. So I don't know how accurate it is, but it feels right for his personality up to this point. In his defense, he uh, claims repeatedly that he knows he knows nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, he does his cheeky thing where he's like, what do you think justice is? As he tells the judge. <laughs> right. I don't know anything about this. You tell me. Yeah. Well, he does say, you know, I'm, I'm not much of a talker. Wow. So bear, so bear with me. Cause I have not gone through training to be in court. Wow. Which is just him talking out of his ass. Yeah. Um, he says, I will not use flowery language like those cocksuckers, the sophists. <laughs> and uh, he says, you know, the only thing that makes me think that where these accusations are coming from are from that clouds play where I run a school full of idiot children. He's like, 
And that did, that's, that's a not real. It didn't it's happen. fictional. It's and, a play, you idiots. And then he said, he brings up his Oracle story where he's like, my weird, quirky friend, uh, who's dead now, by the way. He actually does say that in there. He's oh, like, really? Oh, my friend's dead now. But he did go to the Oracle, and the Oracle told him I was the wisest man alive. I thought that was weird. I asked a bunch of people around about their professions and how smart they are, and I am smarter than them. <laughs> so I believe it is my mission from God to inform the people of Athens to make it a better city right. intellectually. And he's like, now, that might look bad if I'm talking to youths and occasionally fucking them, <laughs> but I don't think that's corruption. I'm actually doing them a favor. I'm doing all of you a favor because I'm smarter than all of you. That's essentially what he's saying. Right. He's like, I'm asking some questions. I'm sorry if you're taking it wrong. I'm sorry if you can't handle. I understand all of it, but I don't understand anything. Exactly. That's, yeah. yeah. I don't understand what's happening, but I'm smarter than all of you, so I do understand. You don't understand. You tell me. Yeah. He's, just, he's an odd guy. Well, uh, he, he does say that it's mostly rich kids who hang around him, and they just imitate him out of boredom. He said that... Are they just making fun of him? <laughs> well, he said that the reason that he has such a big group of young people around him is he says that my cross-examinations are fun to watch. They're funny. He's like, because I like to go to people... And I make sure that everyone understands that they're pretending to know something, and I'm going to prove that to them. So you go up to somebody and be like, what do you really know about whatever honor? Yeah. And then you talk in this long, roundabout way until they admit they know nothing about honor or leave frustrated. And all the kids are like, ha. Ah, That's funny. Ha <laughs> ha. That's well, good. Yeah. Right, so he's like, I'm often imitated but never duplicated. Oh, definitely. Because I'm the smartest. Because the god said, I'm the wisest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Send me your boys. I will impregnate them with my wisdom. Yes. Someone's like, is he, is he talking about sexual stuff? Who's he talking he... to right now? <laughs> is he in the corner jerking off? Well, he, uh, his uh, accuser, Militus, actually says that he believes that he's an, a straight-up atheist. Um, and my lord. Which I didn't think would be a term back then, but it was. Yeah. Yeah, they claimed that uh, they thought that Socrates didn't believe in any gods at all. Right. Uh, which Socrates said was laughable and what, you know. He he almost acted as if everybody believes in gods, weirdo. Yeah. Why would I not? Um, and it is an odd thing that I don't like to bring up because uh, a lot of... There are people who who think about Socrates as like a prophet... Um, in the Apology, and this is apparently the case, um, Plato used the singular for God a lot of the time. Oh, really? Like theist? Yeah, so they think that Socrates might have been a monotheist, and that would maybe make him the first? Hmm. I don't know if that's the case or not, but a lot of people like to think that he's some kind of failed prophet because he had some mission from God, and he talked to one God. He sounds a lot like a biblical prophet who just couldn't stop fucking boys so he's not in the bible kind of thing i don't buy any of that and i think that he used god singular because i don't know maybe he's talking about zeus maybe he's talking about his own daemon i don't know right i don't believe in prophets everybody fucking relax he was fucking boys <laughs> so although you know that happens in religion actually you could be a prophet and fuck yeah yeah because jesus fucked a prostitute and married her yeah or maybe married her, but he definitely fucked her. Pretty sure there's some uh, fucking of little boys in uh, Catholicism. I think it's no. a, a pretty big deal. What are you talking about? Well, but they enjoy it. Everybody does. 
Were they choir boys as Socrates was? Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> Tell is, me what you know about singing. This is getting ugly. <laughs> I don't know anything about dick sucking. Tell me what you know about dick sucking. <laughs> I can help you hit some high notes. Yeah. Um, well, he does call himself the gadfly given to the city by God. The gadfly. Yeah, because he says that Athens is a noble steed that needs to be prodded. And I'm the gadfly that prods you into reason. Because by my questions, I make everyone understand that you're not as wise as you think you are. And you need to think about your choices. He says, I know that I know nothing. And the unexamined life is not worth living. So you need to think. That's what my obnoxious questions are about. I'm trying to get everybody informed and thinking. And you guys need me. If you kill me, nobody else is going to replace me. I'm the only gadfly in the world. What did they do? Uh, they fucking kill him. <laughs> so he, uh, okay, so at first they they vote for guilt or innocence. And by a, a margin of 30, he is voted guilty. Damn. So he comes up and he gives his last speech where he's allowed to uh, defend himself again or at least say thanks for nothing. Yeah. And that's really what he says. He's like, I'm not surprised you want to kill me. I'm not worried about death. He's like, I think everybody who worries about death pretends to know more than they don't. Because maybe death is awesome. Maybe it's eternal sleep. They're both fine with me. Sure. He even says that. He's like, you know what? If there's nothing after death. Like, atheists, see? Exactly. That's (laughs) why that was funny. But this is my favorite part of the apology. He stands up and he says, by voting me guilty, you guys are asking, what do I deserve? Because uh, back then, the prosecution would present a punishment, and then the accused would present a punishment. Yeah. The accused or the prosecution wants to kill him, and now he is given the platform to say, "Well, what do you think is your punishment? What do you deserve?" So he stands up and says, "So what do I deserve? What benefit have I given to the city?" Well, if you ask me, I should be treated like an Olympian and a general, and be given free lunch for life. <laughs> That's what he says. He literally says that. Shit. So he's like, I think what I've done is a good job. I think you guys should give me free lunch. Uh, if you don't agree with that, I'll give you some money. I don't have a lot. I'm not very rich. I have some rich friends maybe if you want. Or if you feel, just kill me. So then Damn. they vote on the punishment, and more people vote to kill him than voted for guilty. Oh, my <laughs> first God. What? I How does that work out? Like, conversation. You know what? After hearing that last speech, yeah, he should fuck, fuck him. You are so fucking obnoxious. Kill him. Yeah. Just kill him. So that's sort of where that landed. Wow. So is he killed immediately or what? How does that work out? Normally they would kill somebody uh, like right away within yeah. a day or two. Unfortunately, this is right around the, uh, the time of a – it's called the Festival of Apollo. And it's actually a month-long affair. It's like the biggest holiday for them. And there's no uh, sacrifices during. So he's just in jail for a month. Weird. So this actually leads to uh, other parts uh, of Plato's books. There's a, there's a book called um, The Trial and Death of Socrates, which compiles four of Plato's dialogues that are this time. It's his apology and the other dialogues around this time. Two of them are for when he's in jail, and they're pretty fun. One of them, they talk about what he thinks the soul is, hmm. and yeah. another one, a rich friend comes and asks, like, let me s- smuggle you out of here, and we'll just... We'll just go into exile, and he refuses and says that um, – he essentially says that if you believe in your state, you need to be as righteous as the state 
needs you to be. So if you're voted guilty, you just have to die. Weird. Which, what a weird guy. I don't know what to say about any of that. I would have just been like, yeah, let's get the fuck let's out of leave. here. But yeah, he also, I don't know, he kept complaining about how old he is. And he's like, you know, maybe I'm just ready to go. It's fine. Damn. Fuck it. So he is uh, given uh, hemlock. What's that? Hemlock is just a plant. If you mash it up and drink it, you die. It's just like poison or something or some sort of... Yeah. Oh, okay. It um it makes all your muscles turn off until you suffocate or stroke out. Jesus. Yeah. So luckily he has rich friends because back then you also had to pay for your own execution. <laughs> they <laughs> what forced if you refuse? You to... You're like, nah. They will take Six. your property and so most people were actually crucified um but not the jesus way like they would hang you on a board and they'd put a strap around your neck and they'd just choke you to death from behind oh shit in front of everybody uh hemlock was a little bit more expensive so he had rich friends they bought hemlock which apparently kind of a peaceful way to go i guess uh suffocating yeah it's better than being choked do you out. have to do it in front of everybody else or is it maybe you have to be yeah it has to be done in front of people you just drink it and you walk around for a little bit and you're like, I don't even feel it, guys. Oh, I don't feel That's it. actually true, yeah. So they, um, uh, all his friends come to the prison. Um, there's a sense that his wife was there with their young child and that she stayed the night. I mean, that's nice. In prison, they let that happen. Hmm. Um, he asks the guard, like, I don't understand how killing myself works. I've never done it before. G- give me some. That's, okay. that's what do you last... think killing what yourself is? is? <laughs> you tell me what you think. You tell, because I don't know anything about him. <laughs> so that's his last discourse officially. And the guy tells him, he's like, chug it as quick as possible. Walk around until your feet go numb. That's when we know it's kicking in and then lay down. You got a few minutes. Shit. So he walks around until his feet goes numb, lays down. He actually covers his face with a blanket. Um, Plato indicates that all his friends were freaking out. Like one guy freaks out to the point where Socrates had to take the blanket off. Like, relax. <laughs> it's fine. What's the big deal? <laughs> and some, yeah, they were crying and somebody runs out. Well, uh, hemlock, yeah, it attacks your nervous system and starts in the extremity. So it makes sense his feet would go numb. And the numbness just moves up until it gets to your torso and you and you die. Well, after a few minutes, he moves the blanket and he turns to his friend Crito. And he says, Crito, uh, we owe a cock to Alspecius. Make this offering and do not forget. <laughs> Does he really say that? That's the quote. Um, and uh, both uh, Plato and Xenophon apparently say this, that he turned to his friend and was like, hey, we owe a chicken to this god. Yeah. He says cock, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, like, hey, don't forget, by the way. Yeah. yeah we owe that. Hey, hey, <laughs> well... So, and that's a normal thing to, like, make sacrifices to a god back then. Alspecius is the god of healing, and uh, I don't know. Nobody's really sure. Like Maybe he was saying something like... Is he hoping yeah. he'll be spared if they, if they make a sacrifice? Was he being ironic? Was he like... <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> yeah. Go, go make an offering to Would the that healing be funny god. Because I just died. <laughs> Dude, do you get it? And he's like, bro. Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry. I'll put the blanket back on. Sorry. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Um, the, most people think that it's, he is being healed from the disease of life. That's, that's the joke. Hmm. Nice job. Buddy. Yeah, okay. Um, I like but, the other one's better. <laughs> yeah. In his last, um, speech during the apology earlier, he does say, well, now I go to die and you go to live and, uh, who knows which is a better journey. So apparently he went peacefully. 
Well, seems like he's pretty comfortable with whatever. Honestly, Crito, the guy, his friend who tried to smuggle him out, said that he was suspiciously serene on the morning that he died. He was like, he just didn't seem bothered by it. Hmm. Um, so He's like, this place isn't really that great. Besides, the ground is, have you guys noticed it's really rocky? It hurts your feet and stuff. I'm ready to just go. My feet always hurt. <laughs> They're always dirty. Yeah. I was like, that's just you. <laughs> <laughs> like, wear some shoes. Nah, I'm just going to kill myself. <laughs> that's a better solution. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't seem that much greater to have shoes on. So, just... yeah. so that's the life of a guy that we still talk about. A little Socrates. loudmouth boy fucker who, um, um, I don't want to get too up our, our ass about philosophy. Right. We're not a philosophy podcast. We're not. His stuff is not, it's not like 20th century philosophers where it gets it wild, but yeah. there's some interesting stuff. I mean, some people think that he invented the modern concept of the soul. Um, hmm. I don't agree with that. Um, there's a lot of talk about the soul prior to that, like ancient Egypt and Homer and stuff. But some people think that like the soul being you inside yourself as an immortal being, um, he does talk about that. And some people think maybe he's the first one to do that. Maybe, hmm. that, maybe that's why people still talk about him. Um, I was going to say, because when it comes to philosophy, like I, I remember one time I was like, that'd be kind of fun and interesting to take a philosophy class in college. And I figured uh, like, yeah, so uh, Socrates is going to be like, like your main study or at yeah. least a big part of it. And and it might be, but it does sound like more like no. There's a lot. There's a lot better. Well, people to check out. As far as like heft goes, there's much, pretty much every other philosopher because he didn't write anything down. But yeah, he's considered the father of Western philosophy because the standard for philosophy was established by him. Like the whole question everything. Yeah. Um, admit that you don't know anything. Don't have faith in in shit. Like think for yourself. Yeah. Question authority. Yes. Think for yourself. He does have some Maynard esque thoughts. Mm-hmm. I would say. Um, I think the whole like valuing thinking above anything else, like knowledge, is a is a not something that you have or gain. It's something that you create through discourse. Yeah. I can dig that. That's cool. I think that that there's a lot to that, and I think that the fact that he became a martyr for that is why he's the dude. Yeah. Um, and well, he's definitely interesting, and yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's also if nobody else was really doing it at that time frame of going around and questioning this kind of shit, even if he was doing it in a, an obnoxious kind of way. Yeah. It's still got some value, obviously, and it's certainly provocative. Yeah. Everybody know who knew who he was. The point he had a play written about him. He's put on trial for some shit. Oh, and I was going to say, so all, all these, these, uh, this accusation of corrupting the youth and inventing new gods, most people think it's actually bullshit that they were actually pissed at him for being the mentor of Alcibiades and um, the guy from earlier, Chrysius. Yeah. Because they were old students of his and they fucked the democracy. So there was some sense that he's maybe corrupted them to do so or that's where they got there could be or just that he was associated with those fuckers yeah and he is quoted before as being an admirer of sparta so yeah. maybe not the most uh yeah. patriotic guy right um so let's see one of his bigger tenets if you do take a philosophy course i took one philosophy course in Ooh. community college Mm. So I am the guy you want to ask. <laughs> I actually called up the University of Utah philosophy department's like, "Hey, you're going to want to borrow this brain. <laughs> you are going to. What do you think university means? 
Because I don't know. You tell me <laughs> what the philosophy department means. <laughs> well, they didn't take me up with my offer. Mm. Um, I'm still unemployed, but so is Socrates, so that's awesome. You're like right in his footsteps. But, yeah, if you take a course, that's what you're going to get. Uh, I know that I know nothing. Um, the unexamined life is not worth living, right. which I think is a excellent that is cool, maxim. Yeah. Um, he also, there's not a catchy line for this one, but one of his main philosophies is that no one does wrong intentionally. That the only evil is ignorance. That if you actually understood the consequences of your actions, everyone would always do right all the time. I've heard of this argument before, too. I don't agree, but neither do I. I like the sentiment. Yeah, it's knowledge is power, and knowledge is some type of righteousness. Yeah, sure. I think Ten Buddy a hundred percent knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that. Well, I think that's part of our at least the U.S. judicial system is if you go and do something pretty uh, horrific, and like, yeah. if you're a serial serial killer, or even just murdered anybody, the first couple of things they try to figure out is if you know the difference between right and wrong. Right. If you know that what you did would be considered wrong. Right, what you would consider. So I had not considered that. That could be like a Socratic yeah. thing that's been around for fucking forever. Because, yeah, I mean, Athens is the first democracy. The founding fathers were super into Athens. I'm sure they read everything by Plato. Hey. So did Plato, uh, he wrote a lot of stuff on Socrates, obviously, and then Plato goes on and he does his own thing. Does right? his own thing, yeah. So Plato is the guy, when you think about the bearded guy in the big uh, place with the big marble coliseum type of shit yeah that's plato plato was very rich big aristocratic family friends with socrates once socrates died plato became he created the academy yeah it was like the first higher education school on earth that's cool and he teached socrates philosophy and his own philosophy and then teach uh, aristotle who taught alexander and and uh plutarch and just all so everything from philosophy starts with some fucking weirdo with a pug nose which right. is fun. I was going to mention one last thing, the theory of forms, which I don't agree with, and I actually think is Plato's idea. He attributed it to Socrates. Uh, it's that every physical thing on Earth is just a, uh imperfect representation of a perfect form, which is done in heaven or another dimension or some shit. All right. I personally, this, yeah. yeah, I, I personally think, because you can read the quote from where it came from. Socrates is talking about a perfect triangle as if a perfect truth and i think he's making a metaphor where he's like can you conceive perfect truth the way you can conceive of a perfect triangle like you see a triangle on earth it's not perfect but you can see it in your mind you can see truth in your mind but you may not see it on earth plato went so that means there's a place where there's a perfect chair dude there's a place where there's a <laughs> he perfect, took it like two way literal there's a place where there's a perfect puppy dude is there a perfect little fuck boy can i find him <laughs> so yeah. that's that's that um, and we talked a lot about the Socratic method. That's the main thing. Um, I super recommend you check him out. He's an interesting cat. Yeah. He is directly attributed to uh, many other schools of philosophy, like Plato, of course, made it Platonism, and then uh, Diogenes the Cynic, who's actually my favorite ancient philosopher. Hmm. He lived in a tub and only hung out with dogs. You should check That's him out. That's way cool. And then, dogs. Yeah, and then Zeno the Stoic, who uh, created uh, Stoicism. So he's an interesting guy. There's not a lot of pop culture with him. Yeah. There was a movie about him in the 60s that was the very first uh, Christopher Walken movie. Oh, really? Um, it was very good, though. No? I watched it. What Watch about, Bill and uh, Ted. Bill and Ted's the best depiction. 
Yeah, there you go, Bill and Ted. Yeah. Well, uh, the uh, the play that was written on them, Clouds, the Clouds. Uh, Aristophanes, yeah. So is that play still around? Has anyone ever like recreated it in more oh, yeah. modern? So you can you can read it. It's totally available on the internet, and then you can also see people on YouTube there plays for you. I was gonna say if it hasn't been done, someone should go recreate that. That'd be hilarious. But uh, many people have not. But you could. Yeah. Yeah. What the funnest part I saw about the production is like. Uh, you know the term deus ex machina, like yeah. the god in the machine? Uh-uh. So that's like in plays when, or I guess any medium, when something comes to save the day in some irrational way. Like, oh, um, there's no way we're getting out of this, and some godlike form fixes it. it. Right, it's a trope. Uh, yeah, they call it deus ex machina. Well, that started in ancient Greece, and they had a machine that would hold people in the air, and if the situation was too dire, a god would come into the machine and be like, ha I fix you. Mm. So it's actually, that's why it's called God in the Machine, because it's a, a God in a suspended thing. Yeah. And in the clouds, Socrates is in one of those machines, as if to pretend that he believes he's a God-like figure. And <laughs> it's said that that was the only thing that offended Socrates about the play. He was like, eh, it's kind of funny, but I don't think I'm a God. He's like, I'm not that arrogant. That's- that is crossing the line. <laughs> that, that's where I crossed He's the like, line. He's like, don't you know there are no gods? And someone's like, oh, oh you're in fucking trouble, He's dude. Like, shit, shit, shit. Dude, shut dude, up. Dude, 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 stop. Dude, stop it. It's fine. Oh, wait, okay. How old are you, by the way? Hey. <laughs> What's up? Hey. What's up? You want to go to the gymnasia? Let's take a two-knock off you. Let's get that thing on. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, there's some boy fucking. I'm glad we didn't talk too much about boy fucking. <laughs> Or dicks and wieners and or farts or oh, I love our podcast. I am psyched that when I looked into Socrates, he was a weird, dirty guy. I was I was not expecting this at all. I was worried it would be more dry philosophy, but this is a he's a warrior, yeah. fucking weirdo, pedophile, just all around fun. Awesome. And hey, everybody, ask everyone obnoxious questions forever. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do, and question everything. Democracy. I mean, what even is a podcast? You tell me, because I don't know. Yeah, what is people time? Well, I think it's. Well, I think it's when. See, you don't know shit. Dick, dick jokes. Actually, that's pretty much it. That's like ninety nine percent of it. I won. Well, ninety nine percent. I said so. You're still losing. You don't know anything. I'm gonna go fuck some boys. I got nothing else to do anymore. The name is Socrates. I don't think it should be illegal. He's the father of everything oh, we God. do. <laughs> God. What's the problem? If I go to your kid's little league. All right. Well, thank you for listening to all this podcast, Dabblers. You guys are the greatest. Oh. In wearing nothing but a oh, tunic. No, don't listen to him anymore. <laughs> hey, don't forget to tell your grandparents about us. <laughs> and give us a rating give on us iTunes. Five stars. Or however many stars is worth me going to your kid's uh, little league. Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch.